Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we're talking about secret synchronicities in cities in sync with synchronicities. Oh, oh yes. Nicely done. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. <laughs> it's a little bit of a tongue twister. It is. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And uh, yeah. That, uh, if, if <laughs> <laughs> just to explain the title real quick, um, we we made up a drinking game for the documentary that we watched this, this week. We did. Called Hellier. You did. Starting in episode three and then going until episode five, the term... A little bit bit in one and two as well. Uh, A little bit, yeah. The term synchronicities pops up a lot. Quite a a few times. And uh, and we decided that we were going (laughs) to... Not really knowing what we were getting ourselves into, we were going to drink every time... We heard the word synchronicities. Yeah, and, and, and we're not like we're not necessarily poking fun at it. It's just that word is said a lot. It is prevalent, <laughs> and, and so we we figured our title should probably reflect that. We thought it was fun. We like to have fun here on the old on the old BKP. C. Do you do PC? PC? Do you do... We're not PC. I guess pod, podcast is only one word, <laughs> isn't it? There's nothing PC about us. No, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, what's up, boys? Uh, hello. How have you guys been? Pretty good. Pretty Since good. Since last we have convened. What have you been up to? I uh, I went to a museum on, yeah. on Sun on Saturday. Yeah. Sunday. And uh, if you if you're if you follow our, our Instagram feed, then you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, I've never felt more old, literally in my entire life. <laughs> um. They have Independence Day on VHS as part of a museum exhibit about the past. You mean the, the stuff from the 4th of July? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's expected. No, 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 no not, the... not that independent. Well, there's that, too. I'm talking about Welcome to Earth Independence Day. What? <laughs> is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, uh, it was was so was this a uh, it was a 90s exhibit though, right? It, yeah, it was like an 80s 90s thing though. But the, the, the 90s when I, when I when I think of um yeah, you know 30 years ago, I think of the 70s. Right. No, 30 years ago was the 90s. Yeah. And that is terrifying to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Absolutely terrifying. Oh, um, yeah, so somebody born in somebody born in 1990 is yeah, twenty nine years old now. Holy shit! Yeah, there's uh, there's a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it was really cool. The uh, Henry Ford Museum. Um, I mentioned this, I think, on the podcast actually before. Did you see any chairs that people were murdered in by sh- any chance? You, dude, get out of my head! Um, we saw the Lincoln chair. Oh man, which is absolutely insane. It's it's, it's one of the reasons I wanted to go because that's like a weird piece of history that I didn't even know existed it's until. So, it's got to be so surreal. Like a month and a half ago, it is like. The fact that the chair that Lincoln was assassinated in is was a not destroyed, b reupholstered and used again because they did that. Like the JFK car is there, 
where he got where JFK got assassinated, right. and they redid the car and they used it for other presidents, which I thought was super weird. They did, yeah, I thought it was super weird. Yeah, personally, but yeah, I don't um, know if I'd want to ride in that car. <laughs> um, yeah, but like the chair was never reupholstered; it was never cleaned. It was like it was just so it was like, it, it, there's blood on it. It still. is as it was. Like the blood stains are fierce. That's crazy. <laughs> like there, you can absolutely see where you can see where he was sitting and where the blood pooled around like his butt cheeks. Oh my god! Like it's crazy. Did you lick it? And it's super. It's it's behind like, <laughs> it's behind like a foot of glass probably. <laughs> okay. Um. No. Like, it, but it's just crazy that something like that still exists. Yeah. Um. I sat on the Rosa Parks bus. Oh, you did? Uh. Yep. The bus is there. It's, the whole bus so is that, there. Yeah. So the bus. Uh. After the incident. It was not like a historical thing. So that bus ran for years and years and years after the Rosa Parks uh, incident. Right. And um, finally, they found it somewhere. I think it was like decommissioned, and it was just like sitting in a lot somewhere. Sitting in an old graveyard. And somebody found it, and they read they redid it, made it back to its prime how it was. Now yeah. it's sitting in the museum, wow. so you can go on the bus and sit down in the exact seat. Huh. Uh, it's really really cool. That's can crazy. you sit in any of the seats? Yeah. Did you sit in every single seat? Just we sat. We did. I <laughs> sat in every single <laughs> seat on the Rosa Parks bus. Um, what else? What else is there? There's a lot of really cool. It's um, kind of surprising that they let you sit in the seat that she sat in because I with all know, the people going through, I don't there, know if the chairs. The, I don't know if the seats themselves have been redone. It's it's possible. Yeah, so that's maybe true. it's just like the place, you know. Right. But um, I told you the. I just cracked. What did you tell me? Um, the craziest thing to me, I had a little kid moment. They have a locomotive inside this museum that yeah. is the largest locomotive that I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And I literally, literally stood at the side of it and just looked up and was in awe. Like a little kid looks at like anything. Mm-hmm. And um, it's crazy. This thing was like 306 tons moving 60 miles an hour, pulling a mile and a half worth of train cars. That's terrifying. Well, how many tons? Uh, 306 tons. So it's... So it's 612,000 no. pounds. Is that what it was? We figured it out. Is that yeah. what it was? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was crazy, though. Like, that's terrifying that something that heavy can go 60 miles an hour and just ravage through the <laughs> the, the, the countryside or... <laughs> Pulling a mile-long like, train. More than a mile. More. Like, that's insane. How does it even start not, to move? And those all have <laughs> loads of cars and steel and coal and whatever else I, on I, it. I, well, I, mean, I added train... a load to it. <laughs> nah. yeah. Well, I mean, trains nowadays pull more than a mile and a half, mile and a half of cars, though. I get that, but... I don't know, but they're not. That's crazy, they're not. Though. They're not as impressive as the old uh, oh, locomotives. The old oh, ones just, were the crazy. scary ones. Like if you were walking across or, or creeping across the track in your your car, or back then it may have been your horse and buggy, and you're <laughs> like, oh shit, here comes a train. <laughs> yep, that's scary looking. They're the haunted ones they for got sure. Big spikes yeah, in the, the bottom old, in the middle. Uh, what do they call those? Like cattle the, cattle pushers. Yeah, yeah. Was it was a cattle pusher. Yeah. They had another locomotive there that was some Canadian railway, and it was the Snow Clear, and the whole front of it is just this giant humongous like vertical blade oh, yeah. that pushes the snow out of the way from the track that thing could fuck some shit up yeah like like that that thing could like level could, could probably could probably Both. just like cut a cow right in half oh I, I, dude it would it would cut every cow in half if every cow <laughs> in the world was just lined up in front of it there would be double as many cows when it was done <laughs> Uh, anyway, though, yeah, that was fun though. Me, like I said, me and uh, me and my lady friend went up there, and uh, it was fantastic. I'd never been there before. She uh, told me that I had to, and we did. So yeah, that was I my uh, I 
after we got to talking about it, you asked me if I'd ever been there, and I thought that I had. I'm not sure that I ever have, though. Dude, you, you gotta go. It's I it's, definitely gotta take my son to see that train. Yeah, dude. Because he'd freak out. It's, like, the, the grooviest of groovy things. Which, nice. uh, yeah. which museum did you say that was? It's the Henry Ford Museum. Oh, the Ford, yeah. Yep. It's right across from, uh... The uh, Greenfield Village, which yeah. is the thing I talked to you about over the uh, over Christmas. Mm-hmm. So excellent, cool, cool. Yeah. Good what times. about you, Jay? What have you been up to? Nothing. Nerfing. Oh, I uh, I finally got to turn the key in the old Mustang. Eleven years in the making. Did it crank up right away first time? It did. Nice. Yeah. So Were you the, expecting uh, it to? <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Honestly, I, I I had some strong hope and belief that it was going to. And it, uh, it actually, the first time it didn't. Because Unfo- unfortunately, the- it, it immediately burst into flames. <laughs> and, and I'm dead and I'm down. a ghost. <laughs> I, uh, I forgot to plug my ignition coils back uh, my ignition coils back in before mm. starting it. You unplug them to prime the engine, get some oil going through there. And uh, I turn the key. I'm ready to go. Spark plugs are hooked back up. Uh, nothing. I'm like, no. <laughs> Check it out. And it's just something simple like that. So plug them in. Fired up and it kicked right on, man. So nice. that was that was exciting. Very cool. Everything's all brand new except for the actual body of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you weren't Eddie, able to take it out on the road today. Not today, no. Okay. Yeah, the um, thing was that it was it was up and running when I first met you. Right. And then you took it out of commission like probably within what six months of me uh, meeting you. Probably yeah, March of two thousand or November two thousand seven. I started tearing it down. March of two thousand eight. I pulled the engine out, and then here today on the uh, what's today the twenty third. Of uh, January 2019, it got some flames going back through it again. Say, I think I drove in it maybe once or twice with you. Right on. And then right afterwards, you started taking it apart. Yep. It was just such you know like a long process because I tore it down to everything. Like I replaced everything that is makes the car operate is new. So that was uh. What, I, didn't expect, about, I didn't expect to do that. What about the driver? Did you replace the driver? No. <laughs> that, guy, that guy's still a douche. Such a douche. He was one of those just thinking, hey, well, that's right there. Let me take that off and do that. Well, that's accessible now. Let's take that off too. And then it was like down to nothing. <laughs> it's I, fun, man. Experience I, on the for other sure. hand, don't even know where a spark plug is in a car. So, <laughs> so there's that. I could show you my spark plug. Ooh. I've seen that many, many times. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, man. So that's exciting. It was a big uh, happy week here. Cool, man. Nice. Very cool. What about you? Oh, not too much. Just uh, hanging out with young Michael here a little bit, mm. playing some uh, Century Golem, which is just like the coolest game ever. Such a good game. <laughs> we had quite a night the other night. It was Century Golem watching old top 20 countdowns of MTV from yeah. 1986 on YouTube. Watching Drinking beers. <laughs> watching Miley Cyrus absolutely slay Say Hello to Heaven. Oh, yeah. Chris Cornell tribute. I watched that. Yeah, Dude, it was really good. so good. Oh, yeah. She, we were talking about this. I think Miley Cyrus... Is she she's in the long the wrong line of the right type of work? She has a voice more suited for rock. Yeah, yeah I agree. she's got that natural like kind of grit like, to her voice, and her, she her just, actual music sucks. Yeah, if she just stopped playing shitty pop music yeah. and actually put out a record with like quality musicianship and like a heavier feel to it, mm-hmm. dude, I would I would listen to it. I really would. Yeah. There's a mashup. I, I talk about this all the time. There's a mashup of Miley Cyrus and uh, Mumford and Sons, mm-hmm. and I like it better than the Mumford and Sons song. I really do. Yeah. Well, she has that even her talking voice. I mean, I I, don't, is, I, I just uh, said yes, almost like I agreed with you. I, I'm going to disagree with you because I like the Mumford. I like it too, but but I agree that it sounded pretty good. What were you saying? I was saying yeah, her talking voice is, is naturally a little on the deeper side. Yeah. It's got this low timbre to it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and hearing her sing that Chris Cornell song, man, it was uh, 
She was good. It was, awesome. it was pretty cool. And it's funny the she crowd, can sing. The crowd even realized it too. It's like she came out and there was audible boos when she came out, and then they got into like that the, the crazy high part, and she just like started killing it. And people were just like, "Oh yeah, this is actually pretty good. She's killing it." <laughs> and then and then at the end, it was like a huge applause for her. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it was cool. So that making some uh, leather products and selling them. Making Mo- bacon. Making uh, making bacon. You should follow one of those trains. Mikey was talking about the ice cutters or whatever. and uh, The snow piercer? Yeah, when they cut through them cows, you get some free leather hide, man. <laughs> there you go. That's, uh, I do, all, all I have to do is learn how to tan my own hides. <laughs> Which... Oh, you, could, you should make wallets out of the udders. <laughs> and then no, call, like, call it your utter... utter Utterly delicious line. Like, like leave the udders on there. Yeah, and then pierce it like that Aerosmith record cover. <laughs> Get a grip. Is that what it is? Well, if it's a big enough udder, it could just be like one of those messenger bags. Uh, <laughs> just kind of tie them at the top, and yeah. you got a nice little tote. There you go. Why do they never make condoms out of udders? Because um, they I'm... have a hole in them. <laughs> 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 it's the worst condom ever. <laughs> I think I just like crap. That, that would just be a penis warmer. That's all it would be. Really gross one. Yeah. <laughs> Utterly gross. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, anyway, um, uh, yeah, that's what we've been doing last week. Yep. Um, that's so, <laughs> that, that is so wrong. Um, uh, speaking, speaking of, of, things, speaking that of wrong. things that are utterly disastrous, why don't we get into some corrections from last week? <sighs> yep. Stupid! You're so stupid! So, speaking of being real stupid... Yeah. Um, we did something last week that we've never done before. Oh, no. We somehow... We did sex. Never... We've never done sex before, and we did it. We sexed it? Finally, yeah. Nice. Where was I? <laughs> you were there. Remember? Those drugs. It was... Those drugs from last week. Um, you were on the, so- the soy sauce. So so we, uh, we introduced the beer that we were drinking, and we said that it was a beer from BrewDog. Mm-hmm. But we never actually said the name of the beer and explained why we were drinking it for the week. We didn't? We did not. We never said Jet Black Heart? We never said Jet Black Heart until way later, and then people had no idea what we were talking about. Oh, for fuck's sake. So last week, we drank uh, Jet Black Heart from BrewDog <laughs> Brewing. Uh, Jet Black Heart, the reason we chose it was because Jason's heart that the guy eats is Jet Black. And it and filled with and Jet, jet Blackness. Delicious cherry flavoring. Yeah, so uh, that was why we drank it. Uh <clears throat> Shame on us for for not saying that. Uh, also, the uh, the Uncharted series I said was a PS4 series. It mm-hmm. actually started on PS3. No, but PlayStation was kind of what I was getting at. Sure, I just yeah. wanted to clarify. And then uh, the inside flap of the of a book. It's called the Dust Jacket. The Dust Jacket. We could not think of what it was called. Okay. So there you go. I don't think that I would have ever pulled that term out. Oh, I so. knew it. I knew that. Oh, did you? Yeah, I just didn't. Okay. Didn't, it didn't come to me. Uh, the only one I have is this is more of a an assumption that I'm going on here. So we talked about gunnels being loaded to the gunnels, mm. uh, and you looked up the you looked up the term, and I'm, I had something I'm to do loaded with loaded to the fish. Yeah, it had something <laughs> to do with an elongated fish, and so we kind of we kind of thought, well, maybe it means like loaded to the gills. Hey, baby, you want my gunnel? <laughs> <laughs> what it smells like gunnels in here? Um, I looked up the word gunnel, and then that redirects you to the word. Uh, it's spelled G U N. W A L E, but it's pronounced gunnel. Okay. Kind of like, because I, 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 like I said, it was uh, Scottish. Yeah. Scot- yeah, Brewdog has Scottish origins. And I, like, if you think about the way Scottish people say certain things, like, like, um, uh, now I'm completely blanking. 
like like Smithwicks. It looks like Smithwicks, like but it's actually Smittix. Yeah. So Gunnel, uh, this turn, this one that's spelled Gunwhale, but it's which would be awesome, by the way, a, a Gunwhale. Gun- gunwhale. <laughs> uh, but it's pronounced Gunnel. It's a nautical term, and it means the upper edge of the side or bulwark of a vessel. Oh. So that makes a lot more sense. Yes, it does. Like your, like your your boat is like fully loaded up. Mm, I see. Your I gunnel see. loaded like to the gunnel. So I, I like I'm it. assuming that's probably the what they actually mean. But if you were if you were to write, they had to Americanize it for us, right? Because uh, we're stupid. Because we're stupid. Stupid Americans. Because yeah. we would see that word and we would we would say loaded to the gunwale. Makes so much <laughs> more sense now. Right. So <laughs> that's that's all I've got. Loaded loaded to the side of a ship. Basically, that's, it just means like I your like your ship's completely loaded up. I like it. <clears throat> All right. So anyway, that's it for corrections. So, Moving on to this week. So this week we uh, we saw actually we talked about in the shape of drunk to come part tray mm-hmm. uh, about this trailer that we watched for a docu series that was coming up called Hellier. Yeah, I was I was literally flipping my shit for this. Mike like, was I, Mike was beside himself. The trailer. And, and I will hold. I will hold true to this. That trailer is one of like the best, most intriguing trailers that I think that I've honestly ever seen for one of these docu series. Yeah, like the, yeah, the, the tra- promise of the of what it was selling, right, was like so up my alley. Like it was, like I was like a walking, living X Files. I want to believe poster. <laughs> like yeah. I was like I am in. I don't care how far fetched it is. I don't care, you know, if I have to really, really stretch to get there. Mm-hmm. I am in. Like, right. I just want goblins to be alive. Yep. Like, I, I want them to be a thing. And I just, I was just there. And I couldn't shut up about it. I made you watch it. You won't shut up I, about it right now. There you go. See, I'm back, <laughs> I'm back in the saddle. I'm back. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the trailer was amazing. Uh, very intriguing. Um the uh, 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 fuck! The, no, I just the, I lost my well, train of thought here. Well, the was based was was not not based oh, on. Oh well, and then you and then you directed me to the actual blog post yes. from 2012 on uh, uh, Weekend Weird. com. Yep. and uh, it, it was a blog post from uh, this guy, Greg Newkirk, and his wife Dana, mm-hmm. and it, it was all about this. It was a crazy story. Like reading this the blog post, like I know that Mike was way more oh, he thought man. it was way more intense than i did because he was like shaking when he was reading it it was very intriguing like I, it I it's got so many it's got so many <laughs> twists and turns it starts with this guy thinking that he has goblins running around in his yard and it, it ends up like tying in stuff that has to do with like the mothman prophecies and injured which, cold and stuff like yeah, that Yeah, which they didn't really touch on a lot of that in the original stuff i think that's more no they got into it did they a little bit okay yeah. i forget what was, what uh, was after they started talking about terry wrist and stuff like that yeah so anyway very cool we read this blog post we got really amped up about the docuseries so as soon as it came out last friday we we, we, we watched it. it yeah we binged over, it over like two days um, i think it was mike myself and my wife we all watched it and well one of the things they draw parallels to is the over in another part of Kentucky. There was the Hopkinsville, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Yeah, and basically this was an encounter with. Uh, it's where the term uh, "little green men" got coined. I didn't right. actually know that. It's where that came from, and it was basically the similarities between the Hellier story and this old Hops- Hopkins Hopkins Hopkinsville Hopkins Hopkins. Oh Hopkinsville. Hopkinsville. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the similarities were uh, uncanny. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, there is a very, very popular, very well-known movie that was also loosely based on the Hopkinsville 
case. Mm -hmm. And that was a movie called Critters. Critters. So we figure, why not pair these two together? And, uh, and yeah. So, so here we are. <clears throat> so what Michael ran out and got us was Hobgoblin English yeah. Ruby Beer. Goblin. From, uh, oh crap, I didn't write down the, what, what, what's the name of the brewery? Um, Witchwood. 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 W-Y-C-H. Witchwood. Yep. And this is from... It's uh, I can never remember Britain or something like that. Because we've we've is, had is it GB? We've uh, a product of England. Yes. Oxfordshire. Oxfordshire. That's very English. Yes. <laughs> Oxfordshire. Oxfordshire. Um. Yeah. So hobgoblin English ruby beer. Uh, hobgoblin is a blend of smooth, rich flavors from chocolate and crystal malts. The refreshing bitterness of English Fuggles hops and a dash of citrus aroma from Syrian Goldings. A beer full of mischievous character. I like it. Very mischievous. It's only uh, four point five, so your grandma. Four point five, but we got a whole uh, <laughs> we got a whole pint of it. Whole point because come on, you don't you don't drink. Woo. Nothing English comes in not a pint. In, all, all in the not point, a pint. I'll have a pint of hobgoblin. I'll have a pint. I'll have, I don't know what that I'll have not was. a pint. <laughs> I'll have a pint of hobgoblin. <laughs> You are the English, so bad. The English, like, that that's the accent of the ones we threw back. <laughs> Watch my pint. I'm going to go have a slash. Now, are the, uh, the Bud Light, is that a pint as well here? Because it's uh, significantly yeah. shorter. No, huh? these are, uh, are these 16 ounces? I don't think so. Are they? these? And if they are, I think someone's getting dessert here. These are tall boys. And tall boys are, what? This oh, no, is... the bottom of the can's cut off because Budweiser is apparently very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell is the... One pint. It says it right there. 16 fluid ounces, one pint. Well, why is this can so um, much bigger than this one? Yeah. I smell a conspiracy, guys. Just, and if there's ever to be an episode where there's conspiracies, yeah. this is the episode. Yeah, I'm going to look into this one because this is this looks like bullshit to and me. And this old uh, Hobgoblin is pretty full right to the top, too. It so. actually looks like the can might be a little bit thicker, too. Like, feel it. Well. It, it is. This is. There's something weird going on here in the States, boys. Oh. An right, English well, pint versus an English pint. Let's uh, let's try this pint of beer. Mm. Oh, it's because this is a pint point nine. Oh, ah, it is. <laughs> there you go. There well, we go. Do it. All right, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Ooh. That's interesting. I like it. It's good. There's um. It's there's not much. There's not much on the front, but on the oh, back, wow. and it comes through your nose. There's like a. I don't even. I don't even know what I'm tasting. It's like chocolatey almost like there's a maybe chocolate's not the right thing but like chocolate coffee whatever those rich type of there's some kind of flavor flavors. that's like sit, sit, sitting around and when you and when you when you breathe out your nose you taste it even yeah, more yeah i'm saying it comes through your nose i it's, can't really pick out what it is though it's, it's kind of like you see the little goblin guy in the front and his old clothes his old attire there it's like if, if they if you took his old sweaty shorts and you they were wet from being in the rain and you wrung them out and you made them into a beer <laughs> that's the flavor i get with it so like so like balls water. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes like balls water. It's not my favorite one. It's not my. It's got. I that, actually um, don't mind it. I actually think it's I, pretty good. I, it's pretty good. I think I was hoping for something a little more, like a little more fruity. For some reason, the 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 word ruby makes me think of grapefruit. Um, yeah. Ruby red or just, grapefruit. Yeah, just something. Yeah, definitely yeah, grapefruit. But the I weird, thought it was going to so be more citrusy. Here's there. the weird thing, though. It says English ruby beer on the can. However, they had uh, bottles of this as well. Mm -hmm. I decided to go for the can. Yeah. Uh, they had a four pack bottles, and it said on the front of that that it was an English dark ale. It didn't say ruby. Hmm. Same exact product. 
but they called it two different things. So mm-hmm. I don't know why why that is. Are you sure it was? It's obviously yeah. wasn't the same product then. <laughs> no, it is because the bottles actually said Ruby on them too. <clears throat> really? But the but the uh, cardboard four pack packaging said well, English dark ale. I smell another conspiracy. See? Uh, yeah. Syn- I see my nose, man. Synchronicities. It's. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it Drink. Is. Drink. <laughs> All right, we're getting drunk tonight. All right, All right, so, so uh, uh, anyway, that's, that's what we're, we're drinking. Talking, that's, that's what we're, we're talking about. What is your fucking <laughs> Shut problem? Shut your face, Michael. Shut your fucking mouth, And let Michael. James do his work. God, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Let's get into the bleed feed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fuck you. Unison almost. Um, okay, so the we're gonna start. What? Uh, that wasn't even not, close to no, unison. No. <laughs> That's, that was like a palindrome, right? What do, you, what do you think unison means? Doesn't it mean? It was. It was very. It was very. It was very prolific, is what Mike was trying to say. <laughs> you dumb bastard. Uh, all right. Um, okay, so we're gonna start here with news for for Justin actually. All right. Because I know that he's a big fan. Because he talks about it quite a bit, at least once or twice. His Mustang? Um, we're getting a new Salad Fingers episode. Oh, I've heard about this. <laughs> right? But, I didn't even... but first, I should like to touch this rusty kettle. Yeah, so I never got into Salad Fingers the way that you guys did. I know that you, you guys both watched it way more than me. I think I've seen it like once. Apparently, they haven't had a new episode since 2013. Oh, I didn't even so know that they had new yeah. episodes in 2013. Yeah, so this is a this has been a long time in the making. January 30th will be the, uh, the the release of it, and it's promising to be the longest, weirdest episode yet. Nice. Which, that's intriguing in and of itself because that other episode, the famous one, is pretty fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> so. that uh, they had like eight episodes or something like that. Yeah, there was um, uh, that was fits into not, to tonight as well because that had all this big conspiracy <clears throat> theory stuff around it as far as like what it actually meant, who Hubert Cumberdale really was, and, like, all this craziness. I read into it a while ago, but it's been a bit. We should go on the hunt for it. Yes. Buzz, buzzkill docuseries. <laughs> what is Saladin Fingers? <laughs> I'm into it. I kind of forget all the, the the theories that were behind it. I don't remember any of those. We, we should have to watch them out. We'll do an entire episode yeah. just on uh, Salad it. Fingers. I mean, I'm it's de- it. I, it's definitely, like, pretty horrific, I would say. It yeah. would fit in. It puts a child in the oven. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That's that's not weird at all. It, that's just one of those things. that's so weird and awkward that it creeps you out just watching it. Like people I've shown it to, like my fiance and stuff. She's like, "Oh, I can't watch it. It's just it's just eerie. It's just because how awkward it is." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. unsettling. It's just like what the fuck. Unsettling. Yeah, 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 because yeah, none unsett- of it really makes sense, and yeah. you don't know how to grasp it. it. Just makes you feel uneasy. Yeah, which is like the best kind of horror that can just kind of like creep into you a little bit. It's like mm-hmm. you don't know why you're freaked out. <laughs> You just is like, ugh. It's just like I don't, just, I don't like it. I, don't I think it's that. Like wait, it. <laughs> and the the song that they use is a Boards of Canada song for all mm-hmm. the for all the. Uh, it's it's the same song in, in the background all the time, right? Yeah, it's, yeah a, I it's, think a, so. it's a Boards of Canada song, and it's so like creepy and weird. Like, what the hell? Are you, I don't know. I yeah. love it. That's like that's like high school for me. I just sitting around watching Salad Fingers. That was all I did in high school. That's, wow, you're lame. <laughs> I thought I was pretty cool, <laughs> and my mom agreed, so no, shut no, up. I've seen pictures of you. You're lame. <laughs> um, okay, so this is some this is some fun news. Uh, this is some news about the single greatest 
movie about post-apocalyptic Detroit and a robot's police officer. There's been a lot of movies about that. Mm -hmm. This one's the best one. You're talking about Transformers? Talking about Transformers. <laughs> talking about RoboCop. Yeah. Uh, so Neil Bloomkamp has been developing a RoboCop movie. This was announced uh, late last year. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a sequel to the original RoboCop. Nice. And uh, we're getting a little bit of news out of that camp. Uh, so I'm going to share it with you right now. All right. Uh, Ed Newmeyer and Michael Miner were the original writers of the original RoboCop back in the day. Mm -hmm. They penned a sequel in the 80s that never got finished and never got brought to fruition. That script is the script that Neil Bloomkamp is working off of. Nice. So uh, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, Bloomkamp and his writing partner are kind of revamping it. They're changing some stuff or whatever to maybe make it make more sense. But the, the, the heart of this 80s you know, sequel is definitely, definitely still there. Um, Ed Neumeyer was uh, recently interviewed, and uh, what he said about it is that his idea is that it should be proper Verhoeven. If Verhoeven had directed the movie right after RoboCop, I think this is what he was trying to achieve, and I hope that he does. We'll see what happens. Uh, as you all know from the press, that Neil Bloomkamp wants to bring back Peter Weller, and when you do that, you use the <coughs> DNA of the old property and the new, and that's something that shares continuity, and fans can embrace it. So it sounds like Bloomkamp is... He knows how to do this. He wanted to do the same thing in the Alien series. You know, bring back those characters, those actors. And I think that he's he's doing this the, the whole sequel game correctly. Here's the other thing I want to see out of this sequel. I know, I know that he died gloriously in the first one, but bring back Kurtwood Smith. Yes. As a robo-villain. I thought you were going to say as Red Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> or as Red Foreman. That's fine, too. Bring him back as a robo-villain. Dude, I'm in. Oh, man. That'd I'm be awesome. so in. <laughs> and as, far as, like, as far as them looking older, it's a movie about a robot cop. You can This would be like one of those times where you could literally just digitally de-age them to make them look similar. Well, he still has... And it has, would make sense. I'm, he still has... By certain biological features, wouldn't it make sense that that I mean the the biological parts of him would, would still age? age? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, like the skin on his face. There's unless you're using like some. I mean, none some, of the other some really gnarly moisturizers. Sense. You're you're not gonna stay young forever. Yeah, none of the other signs make sense. So <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? I'm into it. Um, yeah, so that's that's really cool. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I want to see something new from Bloom Camp. It's yeah. been a while. Totally. Um, yeah. So let's see here. Uh, in 1990, uh, Tom Savini made his directorial debut with a remake of the Romero classic, Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. uh, I had no idea that this was a thing, but apparently there's a new book coming out called Night of the Living Dead 1990, The Unseen Version. And what this is, is apparently Tom Savini's original version of that remake was very different from what we actually got. Mm -hmm. According to Savini, we only got about 40% of what the movie was intended to be. And so what this book does is it shares storyboards, descriptions, and rare onset photos, mm -hmm. and it pieces together and tells the story of what that movie was supposed to be oh, cool. that we didn't get. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Savini was heavily involved with it, uh, You know, gave a lot of the stuff for it. So really, really cool. If you're a fan of... The of the Dead series. Uh, this sounds like it's going to be a must-have book. Uh, it's, on, it's on sale relatively soon. Uh, Tom Savini, by the way, uh, wins at least a silver medal for for his uh, his. He did one of those ten-year challenge. Oh pictures. my god! Right? I'm like, what the fuck? Dude. I always I always forget because you typically don't see him with his shirt off. He's jacked. Yeah. 
And he's what? He's like seventy now. Dude looks sixty. Sixty, whatever. Dude looks dude. Like, good. And he ha- and he hasn't aged in the past ten years. He's no. got like a, a slightly different haircut, and his pecs might be bigger. <laughs> like I'm like, what the fuck, Tom? What is he doing? His, his, he's probably using uh, like HGH or something. He's like probably that. just rubbing silicone on his body, <laughs> and it's just it's just tightening his shit up. <laughs> Uh, oh, it, actually, that's a good point. Maybe it's all prosthetics. Oh, right. <laughs> Greatest prosthetic job ever. He just gets up every morning and just applies like 10 hours worth of makeup on himself. <laughs> um, okay, uh, James, you will you will love this. No, I won't. Netflix is reviving your favorite show of all time. Yeah, Strawberry Shortcake. I mean, I did not know that about you. <laughs> explains a lot, actually. What's my favorite show of all time? Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, it's not my favorite show of okay. all time. Well, it's in the top. 50, I do love right? it though. <laughs> <laughs> I did see. I didn't. See, I, I. I don't know much about this, but I saw one little blurb that yep. said that they're going to keep that very same, just like yep. creepy ambiance, well, and so that's good. Unsolved Mysteries <clears throat> is being rebooted by Netflix, which is fantastic. Uh, the show's original producers are on board, as well as Twenty One Laps. Twenty One Laps is the production company behind Stranger Things. Oh, cool. Uh, so they said that uh, twelve episodes have been ordered. Um, you know, and they said they're going to keep the, keep the feeling of it all going to be the reenactments, hopefully horrible reenactments. Cause that was kind of the charm <laughs> of the original. Um, but here's, here's my question. Robert I, know, Stack. I know that I'm putting you on, I'm, I'm assuming he's coming back to back from the grave, baby. <laughs> Unsolved mystery. How does he alive? Um, no, I was just, I was just going to say though, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but, but fan cast, who should be the host oh, God. of, of Unsolved Mysteries? I was thinking about it and it's too bad that Ripley's got him because actually I kind of think the Bruce Campbell might have been a good choice. No, he's too campy. No? You think so? Yeah, like Robert Stack is so just gloomy and David Lynch. David Lynch. How did the ghost come <laughs> back to life? We'll see. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, I don't know. Like, who has a good voice? Like, who has that really good deep? Yeah, it's rasp- gotta be Miley Cyrus. Oh, there you go. Nailed Perfect. it. She's got the bags under her eyes and everything. <laughs> and she'd be naked probably the entire time. So it's really a double. I mean, she loves being naked is all I'm saying. Uh, man, I got to think about it for a little while. But okay. I think I, at the tofu, I'm going to give you my answer. All right. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is very, very, very exciting to me. Uh, NBC ordered a pilot episode of a new show based on one of my favorite movies that, not it's not horror, but it's thriller i hate to use that term but mm-hmm. it is sort of that um the bone collector oh. which is one of my favorite movies for a long time i love yeah. denzel and angelina jolie mm-hmm. and the best leland orser role ever i'm i want to make sure i'm not getting my my movies twist twisted up here that was the one where um um, Denzel's character was bedridden, right? Yes. He was paraplegic or yes. something like that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and that was sends, a great He movie. sends uh, Angelina Jolie's character, Amelia, mm-hmm. out into the field. That was a very uh, his name movie. Is, his name is Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so it's such a gripping movie. I absolutely adore that movie. And apparently they are making a TV series out of it. Oh, cool. It's about a guy, paraplegic, that after a wreck is you know bedridden and he sends his person out. And I think that could be a really cool idea for a show. Yeah, for sure. Actually, you yeah. know, uh, like I think if I'm, I'm almost in my head, I'm seeing like Bones... Sort of mixed with Hannibal. Hannibal, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, it's a very or sounds of lambs. It's very well. No, I mean the Hannibal TV show. Oh, 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 oh. Because yes. that was very dark. Yeah. And uh, I thought you were I, saying I Hannibal right because kind of... like Lecter was behind bars and they had to go talk to him. So it's like a guy that's oh, in one place. Like, sort yeah, of. I mean that would that, make that sense too. That aspect of it, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, but 
the <clears throat> hopefully like the dark broodiness of Hannibal. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm into it. Like I really <laughs> want that to actually happen now. Um uh so this is really, really new this week. Uh and it's on blue. <laughs> Switching it up. Gotcha. March twenty sixth, courtesy of Diabolic. Mary Lambert's 1989 adaptation of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery will be available for pre-order in their shop. Featured in stunning 4K Ultra HD. What? Baby. Baby. (laughs) (laughs) One of these times you should just wait until I'm done and then say baby. Uh, Amazon also has a 30th anniversary Blu-ray currently listed, which... uh, will most likely be followed up by a 4K version soon. So, and, yeah. sorry, go on, I, I cut you off. No, go ahead. Please continue. No, go ahead. I'm done? Go. Um, we didn't look this up, and and I don't know why we didn't see it, but I was reading about it earlier, actually. There is a new version of Day of the Dead coming out. It's a new Blu-ray transfer of Day of the Dead yeah. that is going to have largely, it's going to be a combination of all the special features from a lot of the earlier releases, mm-hmm. all in one package, though. Okay. Before, I think a lot of them were kind of spread out between releases. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that I believe that there's a version of that coming out. Maybe this is a correction, this but came, I just read it. Did, maybe it came out during, because uh, we took a break a couple weeks ago. No, it was, it was recent. I read it like today or yesterday. Oh. It was very recent. Oh, I don't know right. why it wasn't in our, our well, normal spots. We <clears> we'll see if we can find it during the break. But if you're a big Dawn of the, or Day of the Dead fan, which I am, it's my favorite of the Dead movie. Mm-hmm. That's something to definitely look into. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah. Uh, That's it for Blues this week. Not, not yeah, a whole lot. It. All right, so we got to touch on this. I have to do it. And uh, I'm going to try to be as PC as I possibly can be. But with news of a new Ghostbusters movie that came out, one person we don't is, have to be PC uh, about this. Is what not, are you talking about? Is not happy about it. That person is Leslie Jones, yeah. who was uh, in the Ghostbusters Paul Feig remake. Yeah. She's not happy. She thinks that it is a travesty and equates it to something that Trump would do. Yeah, I'm... This is a real loaded, loaded, loaded story that came out. Yeah, um, to me, to me, I, I don't care whether you're a fan of the president or not. Using that, like using that as your as as your comparison, just like I, that, just automatically, I'm like, okay, you're. It's just a stupid comparison. Yeah, if you don't know what it's we're talking like, about. Uh, Leslie Jones tweeted uh, this past weekend, uh, quote, so insulting, like, fuck us, we didn't count. It's like something Trump would do. Gonna redo Ghostbusters, better with men, we'll be huge. Those women ain't Ghostbusters. Uh, so annoying, such a dick move, and I don't give a fuck I'm saying something. Uh, she went on to continue, uh, when the point is if they make, wait, when the point is if they make this new one with all men and it does well, which it will, it might feel that boys are better, and it makes my heart drop. Maybe I could have used different words, but I'm allowed to have my feelings just like them. Here is the glaring problem with that statement. Huh. They remade a franchise that was a movie about men. Yeah. Like, they, they're the original characters. Right. And if they're making a sequel to the original movies, which is the hot thing to do in Hollywood right now, mm-hmm. not to mention... This third movie has been long sought after for years, well before she ever thought about yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah, like, this has been in talk for over talks for over a decade. This is not this is not like slanderous towards women or anything. Like this is a continuation of a story that's already a thing. You don't just it, it, her her comments don't make sense. No, they don't. And this is like it's it's an example of her literally starting a fire where there is none. Right. 
and it, and it really actually kind of pisses me off. That's, I, but that's that's the same shit you see every single day. People I, I, people I know, making fires just... out of nothing. It's it's the same shit you see every single day. And because Ugh. she's part of the entertainment industry, she brought it into that realm. It's it's yeah, the same just, as in politics. I, it's the same as in schools. It's the same as in like, and I like, every other facet of life. I like Leslie Jones. I, I've never had an issue with her. I, she's a she's a good actress. She's funny. She's mm-hmm. like whatever. Like her actually part of the that ghost new ghost, Ghostbusters movie. I didn't care for it, but I actually thought she was actually pretty funny in it. Mm-hmm. She was a high spot in it. Right. You know. But it's like I I just don't understand. The, the the thought process behind putting out comments like this, you know, it's like it what's just, what's just good ma- for one is good for everybody, sort of in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Like, keep this going; it's good. Well, it's, and when you word it the way she worded it, it uh, just you, you come across as though you're trying to play the victim. Yes, and nobody's victimizing you. They're not making this movie with men because the because despite you, be, yeah, despite <laughs> you because because everybody hates women. It's this has been in the, this has been in talks for long before Paul Feig's version was even an idea. Yeah, and those men that you're talking about, who this movie will be about, were all like gracious enough to come do cameos in your movie, right? Because they their characters, because they support it, and those characters were so iconic, and they wanted to be a part of your thing. They did support you. So support them. Like I, it, just, it just makes me mad. Not not everything just because a man does it or just because a woman does it does not need to have a political agenda behind it. Yeah, and it, and it just really pisses me off. When, it's just you can't get away from yeah. it these days. It's entertainment's not entertainment anymore. Everything has to have some sort of political it's, narrative. It's entertainment yeah. because it pains me. <laughs> Anyway, that's my soapbox. I'm getting off it. <laughs> All right, we'll try to ease you out of that yeah. pain a little bit here with a little lighthearted, stupid fact of the day. All right, here we go. Did you know that Charlie Chaplin once won third prize in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest? <laughs> you know what? I did know that. <laughs> I uh, heard that before. Amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy. He must um, have been flipping out. Can you imagine? He probably wasn't saying anything, cool. but <laughs> he was doing a lot of motions and hand actions and stuff. How did that happen? I want to know. I want to see the guy that came in first because that must have been really impressive. If I was Chaplin during that, I would have been cracking up. Mm -hmm. I would have been laughing so hard because these people are so stupid. (laughs) I've I've heard that about someone else uh, more recent as well. Um, I mean, more recent than Charlie Chaplin, not like you know in our days, but um, you know, sixties, seventies, eighties, or something. Yeah, like somebody somebody going out and pretending to be an impersonator of themselves, right? Going to a, an audition for a lookalike contest or something. Right. In, uh, in Brian uh, Brian Cranston once went to Comic Con dressed up as Brian yep. Cranston. <laughs> he actually he actually had the mask from Breaking Bad that he wore over his own face, oh, and he boy. just walked around on the floor and then randomly walked on stage and then took his mask off, and <laughs> it was him. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So um, yeah, so that's it. So boom, that was your news. Thank oh, you, Jay. All right. All right. Uh, well, we're gonna take a little break here, and when we come back, we will be talking about goblins. Goblins. Gobble gobble. Gobble gobble. Wait, wrong, wrong animal. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Um, okay, so 
Hellier. Let's let's talk about Hellier. Let's um, talk about it. We started the episode by talking about how we were super, super, super excited for this. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that trailer was just like one of the most riveting things. I was, like I said, I was in 100% the second that I saw that trailer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think what we got out of it was not what we were expecting. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a, a, a good way of saying it. I think that it's all very subjective as well. I think it all depends on, on how you view the the material that they give you right. and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and I was talking to, I was talking to James about this before we started and Justin, you know, I don't like to think of our show as a review show. It's not a review show. It's, no. it's, it's a discussion show. Right. We watch movies, we give away the spoilers, we watch them and then discuss them with each other. And we bring y'all along for the oh, ride. Yes. Uh, to remind, to remind anybody listening to this right now, just like always, this is a brand new docu-series. Yes. We are going to spoil it. So if you want to watch this before you listen to us, Go watch it. It's five yep. episodes. You can find it on YouTube. You can also find it on uh, uh, hellier.com. Hellier.tv. Hellier.tv. Uh, I'm it's sorry. On Vimeo. Yeah, Vimeo, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, you can uh, find I'm... it a bunch of different places. Uh, yep. We're, we're going to talk about spoilers here. So Absolutely. Um, um, so, yeah. So, <clears throat> Hellier this is obviously from 2019. Uh, it's uh, The series is directed by Carl Pfeiffer. Uh, Carl Pfeiffer. Carl is actually one of the main uh, people in the documentary as well. Right. Uh, this is a five-part series. They're all roughly an hour. Some of them are a little bit longer. I think a couple are 65 minutes. Mm -hmm. But they're all roughly an hour long, so you get about five hours worth of, uh, of series to watch. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, the synopsis here is that a small crew of paranormal researchers find themselves in a dying coal town where a series of strange coincidences lead them to a decades-old mystery with far-reaching implications. Yeah. Um, uh, so, <laughs> like we said, going into this, there's a very fascinating backstory. There is, and it's and it's really it's really bizarre. Like when they lay everything out for you, it's it's one of the most bizarre things you'll ever hear. I almost I almost want <clears throat> to read the email on air here, but that would take a long time. It'd take, it's it was a like very, a three-page email. It's a very it's long really email. Long. Um, I would say this outside of what we're going to do, describe from it. Either watch the series or go to weekandweird.com and the original article is there with mm -hmm. all the pictures, the original email. Go there. It's fascinating. It is such a good read. Yeah. Um I was like I, I read that and I think I called you like twice like that day and I'm like, dude, dude, you need to read this. It is crazy. <laughs> like go down the rabbit hole, just do it. Uh -huh. Like it's awesome. Like I love I love paranormal stuff yeah. i love weird stories i just want them all to be true mm -hmm. like i said i'm a walking i want to believe like sign like that's and, me i and, want to and this thing was kind of this thing was kind of the 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 dream because not only did it involve cryptids yep but it also involved uh you know, i guess if you want to lump extraterrestrials in with cryptids and they're, yeah, different. they're very different so but... extraterrestrials allegedly cryptids allegedly yep. Also, um, also paranormal, uh, paranormal happenings. Like as far, yeah, paranormal phenomena as far as like the uh, the, the the Mothman prophecies yes, are concerned right? and stuff like that. Which I so, love the Mothman case. It's one right. of my favorite oh, cases. Yeah, it's like, so oh. amazing. And so this is really loaded down with a lot of material that would just like speaks to us. Yeah, as a genre fan and as a fan as fans of uh, of of this type of thing, like it just really got you jazzed, yeah. you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to condense this as much as I can for the for the sake of the show. Stop me when I'm wrong, add things, whatever. Cause I'm sure I'm gonna miss some stuff. Um, so basically, you have uh, Greg uh, Newkirk and uh, Dana, his wife. Yes. Uh, they get they used to be 
long story short, Greg used to be part of a paranormal investigators uh, thing called like Ghost Hunters Incorporated. I believe right. it was. Yep. Has long since been an abandoned project. However, he still checks the email every now and then just to see if people send them stuff. Mm-hmm. And one day he got this email, and it was it, just to interject. It was it was essentially like what we used to do in high school. Sure, like they, sure. they really they they took it seriously, but at the same time, it was just well, a bunch of dudes having fun and going out and hunting ghosts. He and even stuff. says like the first five years of that was just them doing normal go out into the woods hey i hear this haunted house let's right. go there like right. it was like just kids doing their thing it yeah. wasn't like serious at the time sure and but they did stuff but just a lot of fun yeah. now was so, was that ghost hunters the tv show no no, no. It has, okay, nothing, okay. has yeah. nothing to do with the tv show right. the agent actually mentions that in either the article or in the series one yeah of the it's, two. it's important to make that distinction because yeah. you sure. could get that they mixed just up. thought that it sounded cool so that's what they went with right. the tv show <laughs> took it from them that's the one. Actually, the TV show came after, seemingly after oh, their... Oh, they probably didn't copyright it, though. you got to copyright your stuff. <laughs> got to do it. Well, it's two um, different things. So one day, he's checking this, this old email account, and he gets an email from a guy named Dr. David Christie. Mm-hmm. And what he says in this email is just the craziest story you can imagine. Uh, essentially, the, uh, over the... The first email from him is just sort of cryptic. It's, sure, there's sure. There's a shorter email for, from him at first that just says, I'm having this issue with these weird things harassing me and my family. I was I, I was pointed in your direction by a, a, a person who has a mutual friend. Yes. And named, then named. Terry Wrist. Terry Wrist. And he just kind of left it at that. If all these inter- names if, are important, by the way, right. so, so remember them. He said, if you're interested at all, please, please get back to me, blah, blah, blah. So Greg gets back to him and basically says like, we're interested, but we need more proof before right. we can take this seriously. Right. They were a little bit skeptical at first. Sure. So then he gets an email back from David Christie and it outlines the entire everything, right? Essentially what 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 had happened was <laughs> uh, essentially is that uh, David Christie and his family were being plagued by these little goblin type creatures that would play and be rambunctious in his backyard and cause property damage and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they would tap on his daughter's window and they would try to like look up and do it. And all these really and they, weird they communicated weird by like chirping, chirping to each other and stuff. Which is a really cool yeah, thing. It's like a it very cool detail. Cool. Um and mm-hmm. and so so he's he's telling this story that sounds completely unbelievable. And then he actually sends though pictures of footprints. Yep. Now, these footprints, I'm kind of jumping a little bit here, but these footprints that were later looked at by uh, people in like Bigfoot hunters and whatnot, people that look at footprints mm-hmm. at, in a different way, they realized that the footprints had um, dermal ridges, dermal ridges, which are basically like the fingerprint of a foot, essentially. Right. And they're really, really hard to fake in the way that they were done. Yeah. The way, so like when, you see, when you see these things in the mud, it's real. like, that would, it would take like, it, it would take either the real deal or somebody who's very familiar with sculpting this kind of thing sure, to sure. to be able to pull this off. Sure, but they but they did look rel- they looked real. Yeah, they, they really looked, did. Yeah, absolutely. So they they sent these photos over. Everybody who looked at them said these we don't know what they are. They don't look fake. But they look real. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, at, at the time, uh, Greg and his wife were living in Canada. Uh, there was some something going on where he couldn't cross the border or do. Uh, he was he was in the process of getting his citizenship because That's what it was. she's from Canada and yes. he's not. So he was up there. 
they're about to start their life up there. He's getting citizenship, so for the the time that he's in the process of becoming a Canadian citizen, he couldn't leave the country. Yeah, so so he couldn't leave the country, so they couldn't do much about it then. But they had a couple more back and forth, or whatever. After this this huge thing was done, you know, David Christie told him about how there's mines in his backyard and on his property. He thinks they're coming from the mines. You know, he sent photos of these really nondescript white looking blotches in the woods that are taken from a like a panoramic or a, 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 a panoramic um what's the zoom in term uh, i don't know very zoomed in we'll go with that <laughs> very zoomed in photo back in the woods or whatever real like and real like zoomy like real, you know? real like zoomy like <laughs> um <laughs> zoom zoom and um so you can't really make out what it is they had they had a a, a, a sketch artist kind of like show what they believe that it is it was it was a bit of a reach. Bit of a reach. It was a bit of a reach. But you know I what? Mean, I, I'm still there. I'm still I, there. I saw the shapes that they were talking about. I, I saw well, them, and and uh, immediately my mind saw what they were seeing. Sure. But I'm also uh, I forget what the I forget what the term is. It's like I look out in the trees and I see faces. Well, it's no different than looking up into the clouds and seeing Dumbo like, exactly. or seeing a gargoyle or right. seeing yeah. Like I, it's uh, there's a very specific term was, for that, that phenomenon, being said, but like though, but you could you could really look at any any kind of shape and and if you wanted to bad enough you could see what well, you were looking for. That being said, there was very clearly something in the woods. Right. Something that was very bright, something that was uh sticking out from the rest of it. It was at nighttime, sure. so there was something there. I will mm-hmm. give them that. Mm-hmm. So you know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'm on board still. I'm still on board. I, I get what they're getting at. Yeah, it would, even de- they it would admit, definitely be enough to have us intrigued. Yes, even they admit that they're not the greatest photos, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're but they're trying to piece put these pieces together. So all this stuff happens, and then David Christie just disappears. He just stops responding. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to a later time. They're now uh, uh, Greg and his wife Dana are now living in Ohio. Uh, and they're doing their they're doing their thing there, and um, I forget what brought them back into this. Did they just decide to re- to go down there to finally um, go down there and see what was going to happen? They they went on a they went out on a um, a, a trek through the mountains with um, I forget the guy's name, but he's another he's another like para- paranormal investigator. Yeah, but they went and to he, Hellier. Though. He took, they did go to Hellier. This was afterward. They took him here. Let me let me yeah, set up see, this timeline this is, for yeah, a second. This is why I need help. <laughs> so this guy took them out for a hike in the mountains, and it was I believe Brown Mountain. And he said he said a lot of you know there was a um uh, was it a psychic I think told him that there was yes. that there was a an entrance. To a, a cave entrance in that area like that base. was supposedly an underground alien base. Yeah, and so or he, government base, right, right, right. It, well, no, they actually, they actually at. ended up calling their their little team the alien uh, alien cave base. Uh, I, I took what it's that called, more but. as like I took that more as like that could be like a government base where the aliens were being kept is kind of how I took it. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So not anyway, that it was like an alien civilization in the mountains. So anyway, like, they yeah. get to this cave entrance and there's this very weird slab of rock that's positioned across the opening of this cave that looks like it shouldn't be there. It looks inside like inside the cave. Inside the cave, yeah. it looks like it's it looked like it was put there to keep people out. Yeah, like there was nowhere, there was nowhere for it to come from. Right, it looked like place, like right. it was brought from somewhere else, and it was placed to block off to go any further into this cave. Right, so they, they have, super weird. So they have fun on that trip. Still they go in. back home. He ends up getting a an email from Terry Wrist. Yeah, and it's very cryptic, and it says, uh, it says, why would you stop when you were so close? Um, 
the uh, I don't I don't I don't have the exact wording, but it was like um, the uh, it's it's all in ink and black, and the th- and the third order is MIA. <laughs> Use the numbers, and then he I don't sent think him. That, a- w- that wasn't for that wasn't the same email. Yes, I don't it was. believe was it. Yes, it was. Was it the same one? Okay. Yeah, and I think and and. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100 percent certain. There, I, I will say that. I will say and, that. I, and I don't he want says anyone listening to he this. Says, Hold on. I don't what? want anyone listening to this to think that we don't know what we're talking about. There's a lot of oh, there's information. A ton of information. Taken. So like we're we we both read the stuff. We both watched it. Like it's it's tough to sometimes keep these things completely in line. But the information that we're giving you is it's still a, is, is right. It's, it's basic. Right. It's, it's it might be in the wrong spot, but it all <laughs> leads up to this docuseries. Right. It's all is yeah. He says use the numbers, and he sends them this picture of of a of a grouping of sixteen numbers, and there's a couple other like things in the shot. So Greg basically turns to his uh, to his Facebook page and puts all this information up, and he's got a lot of followers on there, and he says, "Let's discuss this. Let's try and figure out what the hell's going on here." And people started, you know giving suggestions one person said that looks like a it looks like a credit card number to me so he uh-huh. immediately pulled it back down because he didn't want somebody's credit card number up on on uh, social media and then one person said you know it looks like it could be gps coordinates yeah so he goes and he types in the gps coordinates and the gps coordinates land him right near that cave base that they were at on brown mountain Mm-hmm. So this Terry Wrist sent him the coordinates of where they were on Brown Mountain and saying, why did you stop when you were so close? So now he's like, what the fuck is going on here? Because this guy, like nobody knew we were out there except for all of us who were out there on the mountain that day and maybe like one or two other people. So why why does this person know where we were? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of brings him back to how do they so how do they get back to hellier then well they went i thought they we, sh- uh, we should have taken more thorough notes on this but we didn't <laughs> they did eventually though i don't know if it was on that trip or was it a different trip but they did eventually go back to hellier right. or go to hellier right and just him and the Dana. second that they arrived there they started talking to people basically at this like gas station grocery store pizza place hybrid which is like the main hub of the city of the town because the town of Hellier is tiny. Like it, it's a I old. Looked, co- I looked know, up the population. Coal mining of, town. I looked up the population of Hellier. It's I I believe it's under three thousand. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's pro- so it's about the size of the town that I grew up in. And everybody knows everybody. Right. It's, it, everyone. Yeah. It, it's a very close knit community. Right. So and, they're talking to these people, and all these people are saying like, "Yeah, we see a lot of weird shit around here." Yeah. Like there was a people there was a wanted U- to talk. there was people a UFO very... in the sky one day that hung out in the sky for two hours. We have pictures of it. There was a there was a um and shit. There was an article about it in the local newspaper. Uh, other people talked about you know knowing some of the, some of the stuff about these weird creatures that come mm-hmm. out of the mine shafts and stuff. And and so this is really starting to pique their interest. But then they start asking, "Do you know of a, a doctor around here named David Christie?" And nobody, everybody's like, if if there is a David Christie in this town, I've I've never heard of him. Sure, which seems weird in such a small town, you know. Like everybody kind of knows everybody, but David Christie claims that he was only in town for about seven months. They moved mm-hmm. into the house shortly after they moved into the house. They started having these weird occurrences, and then eventually it just kind of drove them out. Like they couldn't live there anymore. Now they, while they were there, they decided to drive around the town to see if they could find a house that fit the description of David Christie's house. And they found one that 
they thought fit the bill. See, yeah. They didn't stop, but they found one. And for some reason, they did not mark down. They didn't drop a pin or anything. Where they were at. They didn't right. take an address down, nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's that there. When they and then they left Hellier and that was that. Right. That's essentially that's the backstory. Right. Kind of a little bit more long winded than I thought we were gonna be, but <laughs> but that's your backstory. So now, fast forward to I think it was twenty seventeen, they get approached by um Carl Pfeiffer, Carl and, Pfeiffer and Connor Randall. Yeah. Two two guys that worked on a uh, Stanley Hotel um little docuseries. Mm-hmm. And they got a hold of Dana and Greg and said Let's make a documentary out of this. Let's let's do this the right way. It's documented. Let's make it look very cinematic. Which I will say this about the whole thing. Excuse me. It's hobgoblin is <laughs> hobgoblin my gizzards. Um, it does look really good. The documentary looks great. It's oh, yeah. not quite as cinematic as I was led to believe. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes documentaries look so cinematic they look fake right this one didn't have that right. but it was very well shot it looked good they had obviously good equipment they knew what they were doing so yeah as far as docuseries go especially for paranormal and, docuseries right and a can, lot of times they're they're paying the bills with a, a, a shoestring and a quarter right i was gonna say considering they yeah. had a very limited amount of time and a shoestring budget it yeah. looks really good it, yeah. it's a, it's very nicely Put together documentary. A shoestring and a quarter. Where did I get that from? I don't know. You're nobody s- says that. No, nobody. <laughs> I was just imagining the old like uh, the claw machine as a kid, and you got a, a string attached to your quarter, and you put it in and pull the quarter back out. Oh, well, the old slug trick. <laughs> I don't know if that ever worked. I never tried it, but it did, well, you used to be able to get metal slugs that were the exact size and weight of a of a quarter, so oh, you could okay, put it okay. in and pull it back out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it looks. It does look really good. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'll give them that. Um. So yeah, so they start doing this documentary. Let's go down there. Let's spend four days in there and do the most comprehensive investigation we can on these footprints, on these goblins, on David Christie. On on let's just let's just get all the information we can and start piecing this thing together and get some answers mm-hmm. for it. Right? Is it legit? Can we find it? Let's the whole thing. Right? And so this is where I was hooked. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. go there, find these fuckers. Like, let's do this. <laughs> like, I'm so in. I'm so in. Like. I think and, I think one important detail to highlight before we move on is yes. um, um, Greg Newkirk made it made it very uh, made a very um, definite point to tell David Christie that cryptids are not really his thing. Like he's yes. a paranormal investigator, hunting cryptids and weird little ghoulies and and goblins is it's not really his thing. Sure. So. I think that's an, an important thing to bring up because sure. it, it will lead us to some of the critiques that we have yes. for later on in the series. Correct. So go ahead. Now, now mind you, before we get into this, um, I know that there is a there's a small possibility that there's that people from the uh, Planet Weird might be listening to this. <laughs> I say might only because it's, we're, we're hopeful because like like we we liked what they did, you know, for the most part. Um, I would say this, though. We do have criticisms. I hope that if they are listening to this, they don't take this personally. It's just we have criticisms, you know? Like, sure. we are we are a discussion, you right. know? Like, it's we're coming at it from a little bit different point of view, so hopefully it's more constructive. And, <clears throat> and, well, it is constructive, right. but, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like we're, like, poking holes and stuff and this and that, but, mm, I mean... No, because there is a second season of Hellier coming out there is. Uh, eventually, and I fully intend on the watching thing about, it. The thing about paranormal investigations, though, that, you know, from all the stuff that I've ever watched, um, I've never never been involved in them. I would love to, but, like, 
you know, I think that hole poking is a very, very important part of the process. Though. Right. You know, I think that when you are when you are attempting to make people believe in something that is not easily believable, you have to have a solid foundation for that belief. Like proof is very important. Mm -hmm. You you know, um, before you can start getting into fringe theories and before you can start getting into a lot of the stuff that people people think is quote unquote crazy. You need to be able to put down a foundation that people can get behind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very, very important in these cases. And um, with this case in particular, you had these footprints, you had this account, you had emailed, you had tangible things that you mm -hmm. could go off of, which is what excited me so much about this when it started. Right. So that being said, yep. so we get into the docuseries and the first episode is essentially them repeating kind of retelling what we the just blog, said the blog post yeah and and that first episode was so good it mm -hmm. sucked me in all over again i was like in i watched it at like two o'clock in the morning we got back from a podcast actually we recorded on a thursday night we left here and i go dude hell you got released at midnight and i went home and i binged the first two episodes at like two o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. i was just so in right and I think I was texting you while I was watching it. I was like creeped out. Like the way that they presented the information mm -hmm. was like, it was just creeping me out. I'm in a dark house. I'm up in my room by myself. You know, like I'm just, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Second episode comes along um, and they, they, you know, they start the trip. They go down to Hellier. They start talking to people or whatever. Yeah. It was a, I mean, there's a good portion of it is, is introducing uh, Carl and Connor and kind sure, of their background sure. and, and the introductions and stuff yep. like that. So they and spend they, some time on that. And they get to Hellier and they start asking questions and it doesn't progress it too much, but it progressed it enough. They're in a new place. They're setting the roots down. You know what I'm saying? They're mm -hmm. getting their stuff together. Still in. I'm still creeped out. I'm still in. Like, creepy people. No one wants to talk. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Right. Things <laughs> things had changed. Like, they sure. went back to that same uh, weird little store that kind of serves as the only store in Hellier. It's a, it's a grocery store. It's a... Um, uh, pizza shop and a gas station and this time it was what a bar and a haircutting place <laughs> exactly. and, a, uh, and an oil change shop <laughs> you're like I, what i'm i'm pretty sure that's probably accurate actually like, <laughs> i think they do literally everything in town there it's pretty and much the equivalent of scott's uh quick scott's stop. quick stop quick yeah. stop just in uh, leading Kentucky. up to bad eggs yeah. yeah and so they 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 get back into town and they start talking to people and this the the narrative has changed a lot you know like they're asking people, and all of a sudden, nobody's telling them about these weird UFO experiences that they yeah. had, or seeing goblins around town. Like, like nobody really wants. And then they they're even approached. There's a complete 180. They're even approached by one dude who says, "Hey, like, be careful who you trust in this town. Mm -hmm. Like, if somebody tells you, hey, I, I know where to find some evidence. Like, don't like, don't, fo follow don't follow, follow in the people woods. into the woods in this sure. town. It's not safe." So that made it all all the more intriguing sure, because now sure. you, now it sounds like there's maybe people who don't want you in town looking for this stuff sure, sure. for one reason or another. Sure, you know? like a word got out and they say, "Hey, keep hush hush." You know, right. we don't want to talk to these people. Or, right. or it's weird right. though we got because these, the first we got time these, we got these city it's in town and we don't want them poking around in our business and like you know maybe we're hiding something around here. Which, you know, which was weird because though, like I said, it's such a polar opposite. From the first time, mm -hmm. what changed? Yeah. What happened? Okay, right. I'm intrigued. Well, from that point forward, you know it 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 starts to shift. The series starts to shift from that moment forward, and you know I, I don't want to go through every episode and like tell the story that like we do a lot with the movies or whatever. No, um, 
I, I think suffice I think it's, it to say that what you end with is not what you started with. Right. In any way, well, I mean, maybe not any way, but if there's any connections, they are extremely loose connections, at least from our eyes. At from this our point. perspective, yeah. I, I, I don't like I like you said. You don't want to go through every episode every of every gory fine, detail. Yeah. Comb, but I think it's important to bring up episode <laughs> episode two is called Ink and Black. Yes, and that's a huge connection in the story that uh, that Carl actually kind of figures out. Um, they're they're driving to Kentucky and they've got like a six or seven hour drive. So he they they end up listening to the Mothman Prophecies book on on tape while they're mm-hmm. headed that way. And he's going over the hard copy of everything that Greg has given him from this whole case, and he makes this connection between, uh, between the Terry Wrist email that says something about ink and black, uh-huh. and like the one known, the one known book that has Terry Wrist as a as a, a mentionable character in it, which is uh, like a uf- ufology book yeah. or euphonauts or secrets yeah. of the euphonauts or something like that the secret and it was, cipher the secret cipher of the euphonauts yeah is what it was called and so and 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 he makes this connection he realizes that in this book there's a there's a interview with terry wrist and he's talking about how they found this cipher and they started to they started to break it down and it was all like in these weird numbers and stuff like that and he basically arrived at like Terry Wrist basically arrived in this interview at the at the conclusion that um Indrid Cold was um ink and black. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of like a, a moniker for him. And then he realized that Terry Wrist had mentioned ink and black in the email to Greg. Yes. So all of a sudden they they've made this huge connection that they might be dealing with something that actually has to do with the Mothman prophecies. Correct. Um, I I personally, I think I mentioned this to you, I found it kind of strange that Greg Newkirk had this information at his disposal for a few years and had never made the connection between the ink and black that is mentioned in the email and the ink and black that is mentioned in that, uh, that Terry Wrist interview. Because it seems like something that would really stand out to you. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, ink and black is not necessarily a normal thing. So yes, you would think that if you heard it in two different places, right? I'm I'm willing to believe that maybe it was overlooked. I mean that, that I'm still on board here. It happens, whatever. Like I'm, I'm on board. Right. I will say this. Um, I mentioned this to you after we had watched it. You know, me, you, and your wife were, were watching it, mm-hmm. and I got the impression that a lot of the stuff that happened in the series might not have happened exactly the way in the chronological order that they put it in the series. And this is conjecture. This, this is, is all conjecture. conjecture. We just, have no idea. Is, yeah, it's all conjecture. It seems to me, though, like they might have done more of this research on their own. However, they're making this docuseries, right. and they want to have roadmap, you know, like, or like road stops along the way in the series right. where they need to have these important things that they find out. It mm-hmm. keeps the narrative going on this and that. Part of me wants to think that the ink and black thing yes they already figured that out but let's set it up to where you know it gets figured out on the way there because it adds suspense to the story right you know let's let's do this because it does this like i feel as though that they knew a lot of this stuff before they went into it Mm -hmm. and 
I understand why they did that. I actually, I would probably do the exact same thing, to be honest with you. If you're right. trying to make something that you're marketing it and you need to have this riveting, you know, uh, storyline, mm-hmm. you're going to do that. It's still giving out the information that you want to get out. It's still, it's still serving its purpose. It's just doing it in more of the, a, the a problem, way with a narrative. Though, yeah. The problem, though, is that when you're in the position of a paranormal researcher and people are already looking at you like you're crazy, when you... And people do. Let's be. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like people look at paranormal researchers like they're crazy. Like that's just. Well, I think Greg, people do. Greg, I think Greg even mentioned that in one yeah. of the episodes. He's like, I understand that this when sounds you, nuts. When you overlook something, so, I'm, maybe that's not blatant. But there's other things that happen in the story Seems that are a little bit more nose, blatant. Yeah. It's like, well, why didn't you think about this? A year ago, when you first got this, why didn't you? You have a lot of questions of why didn't you do this because in the narrative of the story, you're just like, yeah, duh. That's the first <laughs> thing that I would have done. You know, like, and that's just, that's kind of what you get from well, it. Well, and that's my, too, because, well, you sorry to interject, no, no, real quick, no, but, right. but you're seeing like, when, when they're getting all this information and they're getting just loads of information and it's like, where do we start? What do we go through? What, what, what's first, you know, before even making the docuseries. Yeah. And when you're watching it and there's a handful of episodes, you're seeing all of this, the the highlights of this information right there. Well, yeah. well, yeah, I just saw that in the last episode. Why didn't you? You know, that's well, true. It's, it is really. It's, you a, know? It's, it's like the you know, like the same as being like an armchair, yeah. armchair politician. Exactly, like you're exactly. seeing, you're seeing all the bullet points. <laughs> so it's really easy to have all of this information right in front of you. That being and said, you though, can, we watched like what maybe an hour of this, or you and Aaron watched maybe an hour of this, and within an hour of knowing the subject matter, Aaron's question was. Track the IP address for the for the for the emails. Right. You, can, you can trace emails. You right. can know where these are coming You've from. You've got David she Christie's an, email address. An, Just look up she the had IP. An hours worth of information about this. Right. They had seven years or whatever it was. Right. And it wasn't and it, until and it like, the, fourth the fourth episode that they were like, "I think you can track the IP address." And yeah. It's like, come on, like, <laughs> like this is this is this all should have been backstory stuff before you went to Hellier. Right. Well, you know because, what I'm saying? Like, well, because, to, to I mean, me, at least, that's what it should have been. Well, because, I mean, here's a huge spoiler, but they, they, they do end up finally in episode four tracking the IP address and... Turns out They're that a VPN. none of none of the none of the emails actually came from Kentucky. Yeah, there's a and bunch of different hits. A VPN which it transfers po- your signal all right, over the place. It's, it's and, possible yeah. that the that David Christie was using a VPN, a virtual private network, and that essentially uses proxy servers to make it look like the the IP is in sure. a different location. Sure. And that's still that's still very possible that that's what was happening. It's a little bit of a coincidence that two of the emails came from Ajax. Which was just like was it two? I thought it was one. Uh, well, one or two. That, one or two, yeah. Like the original email for sure came from Ajax, which was just like two hours north of where they were living in Canada. Like that's pretty. That's that, that was, seems yeah. Was, that the seems original that was one of a couple places that the original one came from. Right. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of weird things or whatever. Um, and here's here's the problem. They they made a fatal flaw in the very first episode of the series. Uh, in that, Dana is talking about herself and her husband, Greg, mm-hmm. and about their different personalities and why they work so well together as a paranormal team and as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. She says something, though, that to me was a death blow to the entire series. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to call her out, but it was to me. Mm-hmm. She says... That David, or that uh, Greg. Greg, sorry, I think I said David before. <clears throat> yep. Greg um, 
that he is the type of person he has been doing this for so long that he is just game for anything yeah. and that he is just ready to believe anything put in front of him right like he will he will he's just ready to jump in and, and say it which i think there's there's two that's that's two very different being game for anything that's fine yeah but but being ready to believe yeah. anything is and, because then because then your mind can kind of take you where you want to go and to me the, the reason that that was a little bit of a death blow is because from that point on you kind of know in the back of your head that no matter what they're going to say mm-hmm he's just going to be on board for this. Right. He's just going to believe it. And to me, that's not objective. And and when it comes <clears throat> to these types of things, you need to have that objective, rational mind right. that is telling you this, this. There's a difference between a synchronicity and a coincidence. Right. And they're very similar. They're very... Drink. Drink. They're very similar, <laughs> but... There is a difference, you know, right. and I, I don't know that they could distinguish a lot between the two. The synchronicities became the theme of this entire docuseries. Right. And they got to the point where there was one time where they had they had hooked up with some other paranormal uh, dude who was like sort of in town at the Mothman um, uh, 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 convention or whatever it is that happens every year, the festival. Mm-hmm. And they had hooked up with somebody and he was going to call them. Um, the, the guy was going to call them, but they called him first and it's a little, it's a little deeper than that. They had a, they had a guy who had a, they had a guy who had a connection. Uh, I think Joey ended up being the connection. So there was this paranormal investigator who knew this guy, Joey, who had claimed to see things in a cave, like yeah. footprints in a cave. And he hadn't talked to him for a long, long time. And just as he was going, so, so this is a weird coincidence, definitely, and I guess you could call it a synchronicity if you sure. wanted to, but just as he was going to call him to see if he could find out some information about where where that uh, that cave was, Joey called him. The reason so that is that is that is a little bizarre, but they a, they put a ton of stock in it. You know, do you what know I mean? how many times I have picked up my phone to call you and you have called me? But we also talk every single day. Do you know? I I, I get that. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's a bit reaching, from a, from a, the rational mind from the outside looking in. To me, it's a bit reaching, and they though were just enamored by this. Mm-hmm. Like not 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 a single one of them goes. That's a really weird coincidence, but just treat it as such until it becomes something else. We, you know, we definitely have to say though, because we said this before the show. I think that thinking from their point of view, put yourself in their shoes. If yeah. we were out hunting goblins, like yes. how exciting is that? And all of a sudden, we think that there might be a chance that there's a, a Mothman uh, tying to our, and then like you have all these weird things happening. There's no doubt in my mind that the the three of us would be just as geeked. Like yeah. we we would be just like we would be just as ready to believe that all these things are for some reason, uh, like kismet. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I, I think that's had a lot to do with it too. I think that I think that there's there's an aura that surrounds these types of investigations to mm-hmm. where once you're you're in the shit, like any sound effect that you hear is suddenly Bigfoot. Any sound, any light that you see are suddenly aliens. And you know what I'm saying? It's so easy to fall into that trap. Right. And, and when you have a group of guys like, um, like, like Greg for one, even Dana, like, you know, she was supposed to be the rational one, but she kind of just kind of went with everything. I don't really ever think that I remember her backtracking on anything. Well, and she, and I mean, maybe this, she did a little bit, but then she, Connor too, Connor was, 
well, and, full boat into well, and, everything. And Greg even said in in uh, like episode two when they were doing the introductions, he said um, Connor and Carl are going to be kind of a nice nice offset for us because because Dana and I have been doing this for so long that we're ready to just kind of like believe anything. Yeah. And Carl and um, Carl and Connor are still pretty green. And so they're a little more skeptical about everything. But the problem is, just like if you and I are talking about weird paranormal stuff, and then maybe I go into it being really skeptical, but then some random weird things start to happen around us, and I see your energy, because mm-hmm. you're getting all freaked out, it rubs off on me very quickly. We've this had is, that okay, happen here, okay, haven't we? Okay, whoa. <laughs> Case in point. James pulled a prank on me one time at his house. Oh, this was amazing. And it was the greatest prank ever. But can you imagine, though, for one second, like, you were the one that was shining the lights. I was the one pulling the prank, and there was was times when I was feeling your energy about it so much that I was actually getting in... I was getting into you it. You were getting excited. Even though you knew it wasn't true, you, your your excitement level right. jumped up. And like it's almost like you wanted to believe it just as much as I was believing it. Basically, I, I very convincingly, with just, you, a, with just a strobe light, made Mike, and, and very, and very <laughs> proper timing, made Mike believe that we were having some sort of weird alien experience. <laughs> Absolutely. It was did. fucking incredible. It was a long was, con, too. I went on for three hours. And I... I finally let him know what I was doing. I was brought to and he tears. Cried. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you. I was brought to tears because I hit an emotional wall. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that my body knew what to do other than just have this emotional response right. to it being over. Like it, I'm not kidding you. I was so worked up over this. And I was right there with you. I was Even so though I was the up. one doing it. And it was all fake. So I think that's a pretty good testament to... And we're not paranormal investigators, so we're not, you know, we're not around this stuff all the time. I'd like to think that people who are professional paranormal investigators aren't quite as easily rattled. Sure. But my point is, if you have a group of people or or a couple of people who are more likely to believe everything, their energy is really going to rub off on the people who are typically are more skeptical about this. I would think so. So I haven't seen this series yet, but I would think uh, from an outsider's perspective that... um, it's it's okay for even if everyone is getting that hyped about it mm-hmm. in the moment because it's going to happen. Right. But you have to go back and look at your facts and you have to disprove things that are that are not uh, accurate and, and impr- you know improve the things that are accurate and look at your evidence and say okay this is this this is not this. So right. Saying, and that's poking what... holes is a very important part and, of this these types of investigation. Right. And, and even if it's bringing it up at a future episode, right. I, I don't know if, if any of that was done or how that goes. Not, I, I plan, and, on, and I plan on watching that's this. One I'm of excited the, to see it. That's none, one of them, the things, none of them tried to disprove much of anything, right. honestly. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Like That's one of the things that's very prevalent in paranormal investigation shows is more, than, more often than not, people are actually trying to debunk the things that they're seeing or hearing. Yeah. And they didn't really do much of that. Like no. they, they kind of just took it at face value they, they and ran had, with it. They could have had one guy that was, you know, off on the side of the house, just like taking a whiz or whatever, and he could have said that he's seen two eyes and gone back and told the rest of them, and that would have been gospel. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. No, like, yeah, that's kind of how it was, and 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 that is a critique because you you can't. I understand there's, there's a certain part of things which like you have to take it on your word for it, mm-hmm. but you you can't you put that in a, the box of 
of weird happenings that maybe you can pull from to maybe add to other theories, but mm-hmm. you don't use that as gospel right off the bat. You, you, you just can't in these types of things. Now, right? do you think it's because for the... Uh the cinema factor, if you will, of trying to get your average person who isn't us that picks everything apart to, to like <laughs> to like just keep believing the entire time. To, to well, I mean, to to not to not show anything that was um, to only show the things that they thought were were accurate. Well, I think that it's a detriment though because I, well, because it it really makes it less believable. I don't I don't know though because to that to that point, you know, not everybody picks stuff apart the way the, the way that we do. And if you if you read a lot of the comments on YouTube, granted there are, like I know that you're going to bring up some stuff later, granted there are some people that are bringing up some points, some good points that yeah. kind of go against what they were doing. But a lot of reviews that I've read so far, people a lot of comments, people, people were right there with them. And, and I think that's that. probably because a lot of people just watch it and take it for what it is and they don't pick it apart well, the way that we well, do. Because then the, the, the watchers, the viewers are, are getting as hyped up as they are. And if you're saying, well, this wasn't accurate, and then it's a letdown on the viewer too, right. you know, if there's something that was disproved. So if you're not showing the things that you're disproving or, or debunking at that, right. if you're only showing the things that you're on board with and you're hyped about, then right. the viewer is also going to be that way. But, I mean, that kind of comes across as a, a little disingenuous, doesn't it? Yeah, I, if, if it's an actual docu-series where everything's fact for fact. But right. I guess it all depends on what you are trying to show in your series, what you're trying to showcase. Right. And, and what they were trying to show brings us back on track a little bit here, yeah. is that this was originally a a case about these Kentucky goblins mm-hmm. and that, that drew parallels to the Hopkinsville goblins. Mm-hmm. They, you know, So there's just all this backstory and it's really cool. And they get there and it seems as though halfway through the series, they weren't finding anything. And so suddenly the series shifted from it being about these these tangible, provable things that they had pictures of and reports of and all this. Right. No longer was the show about that. They just kind of left that be, and suddenly it turned into this weird, like, ghostly paranormal it investigation shift, yeah. into what? I don't know. Right. Like, I don't even know what they were investigating, and I don't, don't think that it's... that I missed anything. I just think that it... Like what happened to the goblins? Suddenly they're just going and they're doing these this spirit box thing and they're talking, and which which is a whole thing that we need to talk about. Well, but- yeah, well, let's let's talk about that in a second. I I think there was a big shift when there was there was there was one shift when they first of all couldn't find the house, but still, I mean, you think you would think that if this is happening in one part of a small town, it might be happening somewhere yeah. else. So well, go so like go on to some pro- like get permission to go on to some properties and look. You let's, know, let's talk about the like, house they didn't, real quick. They didn't even it, it to me. I don't know. They were there for four days. I'm sure they shot all of this footage. They didn't. They obviously not all of it made the cut. But you would think that if they at least went on to some property and looked around, yeah. that they would because they well, found like they had those two old coal miners who said, "Oh, that looks like um." What the hell is the name of it? It's, it's it was essentially uh, like backwash from an from a overflowed mine so that makes like, this very yeah, yeah it makes silt, like this very silt is what it was called a very like sooty silty mud yeah and it's very speci- it's a very specific type of thing that you only see in a in a mine that's kind of overflown with water and then gushed out. Yeah. So they didn't even show any footage of them going onto any property and trying to find anything like that. And, no, then, they didn't. and then after after uh, after like day one or two in town, they traveled twenty miles outside of Hellier mm-hmm. and shacked up in a cabin 
and then started doing these like paranormal investigation style uh there techniques like they were way way far away they from were they where... were making they were making offerings like they were going out into the woods and making like these like symbolic offerings they were doing the the ghost box thing and it seemed like they conjured bigfoot rather than goblins <laughs> Well, like, no, it really, just... it really did. I mean, granted, Bigfoot's out there, too, but, like... But it shifted into an almost entirely paranormal investigation it, yeah, instead yeah. of, like like you said, this this hunt for a very tangible being. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I real quick, before I, it's off my mind, I want to talk about the house hunt. It doesn't make sense to me that they didn't do certain things. You know, I'm not I'm not an investigator. I'm not of... I mean, maybe I'm of an investigative mind at times, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I'm going down to try to find a property that I don't know where it is, you have you have a hard date of when that last email where David Christie was going back to the house to be there for a few days to leave his house. You have a hard date. Right. You go to the city. Every single city has public <laughs> records about when property was sold and mm-hmm. when it was abandoned or whatever. Right. That's that's public record. Right. You can go to any any municipal building and get access to public records. So you you narrow down all the houses that were up for sale up for sale after that time period, right. right? And then you can go through them and narrow out which ones fit the bill. You can go there, you can look at them. This one doesn't do it, cross that off. Right. This, there which are they, so many ways. They did ways. go to municipal buildings, but they went in search of David Christie, yes. who at this point, yes. they had already no. kind of ruled out look the fact the that... house. It, right. If they, they already they already at that point thought that David Christie was a made-up name. Fine. Okay. So then look for the house itself. Right. See if there's any proof. That they didn't do any of that. I mean, literally, like you said, literally just get a list of every 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 listing, every for sale listing from 2007 yep. until 2015. Yeah. I mean, I, there's going to be a ton some of, of them. That, some of that you could probably do maybe even long distance before they even went down there. They could have sure. done. May, I mean, some of it maybe. Right. I understand this too. They only had four days down there, which I think also is a very not long enough to be down there. Yeah. They probably didn't have a lot of backing for this though. So I understand sure. the financial constraints of, of doing something like this. I yeah. really do get that. Um, that being said though, like, you sh- they they should have for the if you're gonna make a docu series about this you spend two weeks a month if you can, and you you find somebody to let you stay there, find some property and mm-hmm. you do an investigation you stay out there night after night mm-hmm. waiting for these creatures. Right. Instead, excuse me, they did these weird paranormal things at the spirit box that is is which we'll get to next in a place twenty miles away from where this thing actually took place. Right. And so. What the spirit box is, it's basically you put on noise canceling headphones and a blind and, uh, it's, a, and a, it's a cool idea. Yeah, I really it, think oh, the really idea is. is very cool. And uh and these uh blackout um eye eye covers. Yeah, like a yeah. Like a like, what do you call it? Almost uh, like a sleep mask. A sleep mask, yeah. Blindfold, there you go. <laughs> um and then inside the noise canceling headphones he has headphones in. And he's hooked up to like an AM FM receiver that super quickly just runs through all the different stations, right? All the different stations. And he can't hear what the people outside of him are saying. And so the people outside of him will ask a question. It's like a modern day Ouija board. Almost. Sort of. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what it is. It's a it's a digital Ouija board. Right. They will ask a question. And then as he's listening to this, he'll get little like one word thing, from, one or two word things from each one of these radio stations that are tuning in. And he'll put them together. So they might say, you know, uh, why are you here? And through th- me hearing all this stuff, I could go, I could go, um, uh, uh, Georgia apple pear, right? <laughs> Three random words. But then they would be like, 
Georgia. That's the South. We're we're in the right place. Or well, like, I mean, it would get would, it would get a little more specific than that. Sure, like, sure. But, I was, that was a bad they, example. But they were but. making pretty big leaps because uh, Terry Riss mentioned the Third Order, right? And at one point in time, uh, Connor, well, he's got this thing on. He says the word order, and the they third order? they immediately go the Third Order. Which That's I like, understand. It, the, it's like you're really doing sort. It's like the power of suggestion. Like I, you're, the, he, the, it's it's like it's like word association. That's like, exactly what it is. I think. I think it's a way more word association. You could make anything, anything I feel like, Connor could have started romp, like rambling off random words mm-hmm. and you could have, like you could have, and in a believable way, made that fit something. Sure. The crazy thing with the with the spirit box, though, and, and I've I've wanted to buy one for a long time, but when, oh, so when you've I was, heard of this before? Oh yeah, yeah. When okay. I used to watch uh, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Fetish, all the ghost hunting shows, yeah, ghost, ghost that stuff. fetish. What's that? <laughs> um, <laughs> ghost hunters, ghost adventures. You know, they all use the spirit box, and the crazy thing with that is, is it goes, it scans through the AM station so fast before it can pick up, pick up a signal, so it can go long periods of time of just. Nothing. Yeah. And then you ask a question, and across multiple frequencies of stations, sure, you get the same voice coming through. And and you, you know, know what? I, I'm willing to believe that there's something there. I understand the fact that like that there are certain things that we as humans cannot pick up on. There are certain things that technology can pick up on, mm-hmm. like infrared, for example. We can't see infrared heat yet. Right. We have now devised things that can see them. I am. I'm not saying that the spirit box. Is is necessarily even like a farce? I'm not saying that. I no. actually believe that there that, that there's no reason to doubt that against anything else that, that we put our, our stock into when it comes to paranormal well, stuff. Well, no, I mean we believe in EVPs. You but know? the fact so, like, that they it's, started, it's kind of a similar thing. Exactly. But the fact that they did it 20 miles away from where this stuff took place, I understand it's the same region. Mm-hmm. But you're they're kind of missing the point of what of the investigation, or maybe I'm missing the point. I don't know. <laughs> Do you but think like, it's possible that the uh, maybe there was some kind of roadblock hit in the investigating that, mm. where you know well, maybe they maybe, maybe they tried to search for the for the addresses and all that and then it's like hey we have to do these episodes you know what else do we do from here you're hitting on our next point okay is that it almost this the series this first season almost seems like they had they had already invested a ton into the series of course right and when they got there they realized we ain't finding shit Mm. and then they still had to make good tv because it right. happens. Sometimes you get to an investigate. Uh, it does a, a, an investigation. You you don't come across anything. Yeah, definitely. And, and 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 again, if they're listening to this and we're and we're wrong, you know, whatever. But like, yeah, you know, sorry, but that's the way it comes off. Right. Like it really, really does because there's such a shift. Mm-hmm. You know, by the end of it, they're sitting, they're sitting in a in a the entrance of a cave. That uh, is train, that, uh, train a, a train tunnel. Train tunnel, and they're sitting at the entrance of it. Like we hear stuff from down, but from down there. Go back there. Yeah, walk. Why down did there. you not bring flashlights with like million jewel lumens or whatever they're called? Like, <laughs> like, so they a, like six million candles, man. It's they scary. use lanterns that you <laughs> like, can only see five feet in front of you. If like, there was, if there was something blocking that tunnel, they never mentioned it. No, and I, I, I didn't think there was because they, it, it seemed like they were staring back into the tunnel, but they kind of stayed right within the first, like I'd say, I don't know, 30, 40 yards of the tunnel. Yeah. Maybe less, and then they did, and then they did like a like this sep- sensory deprivation uh, um, experiment to try and pick up on things through that. Greg did it, and then Connor did the the spirit box again. And I'm like, you're hearing things coming from inside the tunnel. 
walk toward them. Yeah. I know it's a safety issue, but you're there. Just do it. But you're, but you're, <laughs> it's scary as shit. Like, it's, it's easy for me to say that there, because I'm sure it was so scary. You're there, though, to convince people that this is real. You, you have to be prepared to do what's necessary to convince people. Otherwise, otherwise your, your show doesn't hold water. Right. You know, it, it, it just doesn't. You know, one of the things that, one of the things that they, they really put an emphasis on at the end of, of the series was that the first time Connor was doing the spirit box, he suddenly got this vision of a tin can in his, in his head. Right. And it was just profound thing. And then they go to this tunnel on, in the very last episode and what do they find on the ground? Tin, tin can. can. And it's exactly how Connor had seen it. And they're putting all this emphasis on a tin on this tin can. But he but even at And the one, tin can, by the way, I do want to point this out, did not look aged or old at all for someone that was probably uh, sitting there for a but, long time. But Goblin's gotta eat too, man. But <laughs> it was Chef Boyardee. Mm. Well he even it was down on its side and he, I think Connor I think it was Connor walked up and tapped on it and said, Is this plastic? And then he said, "Well, it's close enough for me." And it's like, eh, I don't, I like that's uh, and get it. Like, of course, like seeing this vision in your head is, uh, you know, like that. If you saw a tin can, the the vision in your head, you can't tell if it's made out of tin in a vision or whatever. So yep. I'm I'm willing to put a little bit of stock in it, but but I feel like they made <laughs> too big of a deal they, out of it. I, I yeah, the things that they did, that they chose to, to to really focus on are weird to me, which brings me to my research that I did. Um, there's not a whole lot about this. Obviously, it's a brand new series. I don't think that it got a ton of exposure, so it's not like there's a lot out there about it. Well, it just came out. But so one it's... of the good places to find a little bit of information was uh, YouTube. And the reason being, not because there was YouTube videos made, but because they released all five episodes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you can have people leave comments. Now, Planet Weird started responding to a lot of the people in the YouTube comments, mm-hmm. uh, which led to some revelations here. Okay. Revelation one is that this was supposed to be just a prologue to a much, I guess, longer series. You know, the way that they which had they set make, it up. They make evident at the end of the, the series. Yes, because they you, do, but you, you don't see, know that until... You see, like, the, you know, it's, it's a shot of an iPhone, and then all of a sudden the the email icon suddenly gets a little boop. You've got yeah. one message, you know? Correct. So maybe it's Terry Wrist. Maybe it's David Christie. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So so there's that or whatever. There's there's other stuff. Let me look Let me look in my, my notes here. I have all the stuff written down here. Um, in the second season, they apparently explore the whole spirit box thing. They take it to another level and they bring the whole thing into more deeper meditation and that maybe these creatures exist on a completely different dimension mm-hmm. and that you have to put yourself in a different state of consciousness in order to see them and this and that. They touch on that a little bit in the series, which, but apparently they go like way deeper which in that, the second season. That kind of stuff I am willing to believe. You know what I mean? Like I definitely yeah. think I like we've talked about this before. Yeah. I definitely think that there's there's more going on than what we can see, what we yeah. can perceive just here being humans. I th- I think that if you're able to bring yourself to a different plane, basically, yeah. that there is more going on. I've said that too. I said, what if uh, you know people see ghosts? What if ghosts are actually uh, 
time travelers from the future, but when they return, like, right. like you know, or something from a different dimension, right. like, like you're seeing their essence jumping across time and space or something sure. like that, or just yeah. like the idea of different dimensions or anything like that. Sure. I'm willing to put a little bit of stock in that. Sure. You know, Absolutely. Um, here's the part that really got me, you know, they, somebody asks in, in the comment section on one of the YouTube things that, um, they bring up David Christie mm-hmm. and about how, you know, they didn't find any doctors in the area and that maybe, well, did you check the schools? Did you check this and that? Yada, 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 right? Uh, Planet Weird responded to it and they said, and they claimed they did find a Dr. David Christie who apparently went to college in the area but now practices in Florida. Hmm. They called uh, the office, but they didn't return their calls. But they didn't they didn't follow that lead because they felt like they were stretching a little bit that's a quote really? they felt like we felt like we were stretching well the whole point of you going down there was to find david christie <laughs> doctor david doctor, christie when you find a doctor david christie mm-hmm. that was in the area supposedly from the sound of it at that time but was going to college which makes perfect sense mm-hmm. That is not a lead that you just don't follow. Right. I don't care if it ends up being a dead end, if it's not the right guy. That needs to be there. Because if people on YouTube can so quickly find this after 48 hours of it being online, mm-hmm. this is one of those credibility oh, so, somebody things. Else, somebody yeah, else mentioned a, that there was a Dr. David Christie in here? And then Christ they said, well, funny enough, we did find someone. Like somebody. Yeah, f- why wouldn't they mention that that's in the what I'm saying. If, series? If... if if a watcher of a YouTube series can find this mm-hmm. in like 48 hours or however long it was, mm-hmm. that 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 puts that credibility into question again. It's like these are things like leave no stone unturned. You have to go through everything to convince people. And when right. people call you out on that, that doesn't look good for you. Another one is that another user quickly found out that there was a David R. Christie in Glasgow, Kentucky, four hours from Hellier. Mm. If I had all this shit happening, four hours away ain't that far to go. Right. Even if you call him and the guy goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Check it off the list. Sure. That way nobody else can look that up and say, why didn't you look into this? Right. Like, I, I understand they couldn't fit everything into the series, but for the stuff that they left in, they left out other stuff that I feel is way more important. You Especially, know, so and, and, did he ever? Did he ever reference himself as Doctor David? Christie? He, he was a doctor. Yeah. Well, you said David R. Christie. No. D. D. R. Christie. Like no, that's well, Doctor. Well, there Christie. you go. Shit. Who you knows? Know what I mean, I have no idea. That I don't know. I mean, I could probably look back at the I, original I mean, email. I mean, that might be a little bit says, of a stretch, but I even still, like, he says you... he was a doctor. Is how they got okay. the, the fact that he was a doctor. Right. Um, you know, it's just it's just stuff like that. It's just like it's not. A nail in the coffin, but it definitely doesn't help the believability factor that you're doing everything that you can, right? And that you just so quickly gave up on the goblins, right? The one thing that you actually had some sort of tangible proof mm-hmm. suddenly that's just left in the dust, and now it's 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 over. I, I, and you know that they, was my problem. They explain it. it away at the end of the docu series by saying, um, you know, we quickly realized that this was much this was much bigger than the goblins. Yeah, and. I understand that there were a lot of weird things going on that might have pointed you in a lot of different, a lot of different uh, directions. Yeah. To make you think that it was bigger than the goblins, but 
you still you still were given pretty convincing evidence of the existence of these things and you're there so why not spend a little more time with your feet on the ground walking around like like, to different properties and stuff you know what i mean like i stopping and doing to me stopping and doing all the parent like the paranormal investigation stuff i understand that's what you do for a living Mm-hmm. But this is a totally different beast. It does go back a little bit, like you said in the second episode, when they go back to that store and nobody's talking anymore. Right. If there's word that, hey, these people are here checking out our stuff and you're trying to get access to properties and people are saying, nope, mm-hmm. nope, door closed, door closed. Mm-hmm. It happens too, you know? So, I mean, we, we we don't know because we weren't there with them going through it, you know? Right. But. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And, and you know, that's, uh, it, it's really, because, People were willing to talk to these to these people and say, "Oh yeah, we we've seen UFOs around here. We've heard of these stories of these little green men or whatever. We've heard of this uh, this folklore about a baby crying, like the sound of a baby crying. Like these are all leads that they they might be hard to follow, mm-hmm. but they're more in line with what you actually went there looking for. Yeah, they had a they they had an actual newspaper article." with pictures of this weird floating object in the sky, it means that you're probably in the right place to find something strange. Sure. Don't travel 20 miles outside of town and start reading tarot cards. Like, keep, keep, keep your body in hellier. Even if you have to take a tent and camp out on the, on the side of the road or sleep in your car, stay in hellier. Look around, like actually go to some abandoned mine shafts. Look for this, silty uh mud on the ground like look for evidence of that kind of stuff yeah rather than trying to pick up on messages from the spirit world yeah um you know like that like like we said it it seemed like the it seemed like the heart and soul of what they were actually trying to do shifted into a realm that was not what you as a viewer is not where you thought it was going to go sure I mean, with the the spirit box and all that stuff, that's what they were used to doing. That sure. was their their wheelhouse, right? Oh yeah, I so, understand. So that. if you did hit a dead end as far as trying to find something, it's a hey, maybe we can use go back to our roots and also try to find something with this. Definitely. But you said it, it was kind of thrown for a loop because you're like, well, why is it going to this now? Right. You know, and I think that was the big turn of not understanding it. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And you, I don't know. I so they kind of you know they kind of set it up, and it's fine. Like I. If if things if things take a turn and it becomes something totally different, and and it turns out that this is just a small part of a much bigger story, that's fine. I'm into that. I'm into that too. Sure. I'm into that too. But hey, I'm going to continue watching. I'm this. into that too. But 100%. they're but they're much bigger story. They didn't give you enough of what that much bigger story was going to be to really leave you at the end of this docuseries going, oh my God, yeah, this is that's, crazy. That's why you still got to go back and watch it to find out what's oh, yeah. happening next. Like I, I said, I fully intend on watching the second season. I've been a little silent over here for the last few minutes because I've been trying to look something up yep. that, uh, I, that I thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. So when when uh, when Greg is in the uh, cave at the very end, right? And he's doing his... Uh, uh, what 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 they call it? It wasn't the spirit box. It was like he a was, sensory depth. The kind sensory of thing. depth thing. Yeah. He says that he sees the face of an alien. Right. How did he describe it? Do you remember? Uh, it was. I I remember the the biggest part of it was it had giant blue eyes. Right. It looked like it looked like a it looked like a gray mm-hmm. giant blue eyes. Right. 
Somebody pointed this out in one of the YouTube comments. I can't find it now. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not just deleted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but there is a, a part of the doc, in part of the series, they show Greg's bookshelf and all the titles of books that are on the shelf. And somebody with a very keen eye, mm -hmm. and I was trying to find the name of the book and I can't find it now. Mm -hmm. They picked out a very specific book though that was clear and focused on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And the guy goes, wait a minute. I know that book. I have that book. And the cover of that book is very plainly the head of a gray alien with giant blue eyes. Mm. And the guy goes, I'm just calling it out because it's weird. You know, I am paraphrasing obviously what he said, but he goes, I'm calling it out because it's weird, but like makes you almost think like he has seen that image before. It's in his subconscious. Right. Subconscious can throw anything into your head, you know, sure. depending on how you choose to interpret right. that. You know what I'm saying? Well, another, another big uh, example of that is when they're in that tunnel they hear what sounds like the beeping of a car horn. Like mm -hmm. almost when you lock your car, it goes beep. Yeah. It's, it wasn't like a car blasting its horn. It was just the beep sound of a car horn. And then when they get back, it, at the very end of the docuseries, Connor's sitting there reading this book that has tons and tons of post-it notes in it. Sure. Like So this is information that obviously Greg and Dana have looked at before, right? Yeah. And he gets to this one page that has a post-it note in it. And it says that two of two of the uh, like telltale signs of paranormal activity that people have talked about in the in the past is the sound of a child crying, mm -hmm. which they did meet up with two guys who said that there was a, a sound of a baby sure, crying sure. somewhere. So, but they didn't experience that themselves. No. So he put a lot of stock in that, and then he said also the sound of a car door slamming, and then he goes, "This is crazy because think about it." In our day and age, it's no longer the sound of a car door slamming. It's the sound of the beep when you lock your doors. And I'm like, that's that seems like a big stretch. Yeah. Like, are are we to believe then that that ghosts are updating their technology? Yeah. <laughs> like they're yeah, no longer knows? slamming car doors. They're they're beeping car horns. Like that to me, I was I was like, that's it's, it's really it's, it's a stretch. It's really a stretch, and it just made me think like like you were just saying. It's something that's kind of a seed that's planted in your subconscious. Sure. And when it comes back, like any little piece of it comes back, you're willing to let that seed just blossom into a, a yeah. giant tree because it seems too, like, too crazy to be a coincidence. Sure. It's a synchronicity. Yeah. You know? And that's, and that's like, again, that's what the entire end of the series turned out to be so i mean i think we could we could go on for more hours about this but right. we, we we don't need to we already spent way too much time <laughs> um, so i think uh we're actually almost at the two hour mark here so yeah unfortunately i think we're gonna skip critters yeah we'll, for tonight. we'll, we'll, say, we'll save critters for uh, we already did critters for on uh, our in space episode so maybe we'll save critters and we'll do critters one two and three and do a proper Finish out the retrospective, you know. Yeah, for sure. Because um, uh, if we tried now, we would just be rushing it. And let's be honest, critter needs, needs crit it needs its time. It needs its time. <laughs> um, I, I think what I what I want to close with is, listen, we're just we're just a few schmucks sitting around talking about this stuff. Like we really, really encourage everybody to go out and watch. Yeah, go out and watch Hellier, 
because it is pretty fascinating. It's polarizing. I think they knew it was going to be polarizing. I think they knew that you're going to get some people on one side of the fence. You're going to get people on the other side of the fence. Right. And I would say that for, from our perspective, it's not that we're not on... We're not on either side. It's just like, like we, I, I want this stuff to be real. Right. I, I believe in this stuff. I yeah. believe that this stuff is real. It's just, I just, like I said, for me, the, the, um, the way that it was presented, just, there was a lot of holes. And like I said earlier, I think that it's very important to poke holes in this stuff because, right. you know, without doing that, you're never going to get that foundation. You're right. never going to get that, that type of thing that, that that needs to happen before people can take it seriously. And and these these types of documentaries are made they're made to bring up discussion. Sure. You know, like you're they're not making it just expecting that everybody's going to look at it and be like, "Oh my god, everything no. they just saw was real." Like it's made to bring up discussion. And we'll see what season 2 has to hold. And guess and... what we just had? We just had over an hours worth of discussion. <laughs> right. Like Right, and so so go please go out and watch it, and and definitely like like Greg, Dana, um, um, Carl, and Connor, they all seem like very passionate people, yeah. and 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 they really put a lot of work into this, and and everything that we've said, like we're you know we're we're critiquing, but overall we found it very fascinating. So like go out and support them because it's it's really important. For, I think it's, for people like them to be supported in the passion in, yeah, in, yeah. in their passion you know? I think it's important to point out too like we don't think that anything on here was faked we don't believe no. that any of it was being put on nope. I honestly do believe they believe 100% absolutely in what they put out you right. can tell in their passion you can tell in everything else absolutely you know um, but for the reasons that we talked about like I said we're, we we stand where we stand right um, so yeah, you, no, need, you need some you need those things to be pointed out too because when you're throwing all this information out there yeah together it's like this is what we got there has to be some some sense of balance of say well what's this what's this and, and to come to a happy medium and, and by us questioning things maybe like i don't know i don't know if they'll hear this or not but if they do by us questioning these things maybe they actually have answers to some of the questions we have and they'll be able to address them and you know, I'll, like they're not they they can only put out their best product if they if they get feedback from people. I'll do you one better. If by any chance Greg, Dana, Connor, or uh, Carl are are listening to this, come do an interview. Oh yeah, that that too. <laughs> no, as long as I, I we haven't that, pissed you off too much. I say that I say <laughs> that like 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 joking because it's probably a long shot. But like that's the thing. Though. Like if if we're bringing up questions that you actually have answers to and you think that you can like change our mind or whatever, right. reach out to us. Right. What we written interview, we'll, fuck, we'll do something we've never done before and put out like a, a written thing or or or, or an actual call interview. in or call yeah. in. I'm not like, saying it's gonna happen, but yeah. that'd be fun. You know, like I'd be right. open to that. Right. And and we're we're we are one hundred percent one hundred percent willing to hear the answers to these questions that we have. Like we're just and, we're putting them out there and and we we saw what we saw, and we could only form our opinions based off of what we saw. But there might be a lot more information that we don't even know. We also, all three of us, I believe, a hundred percent believe in paranormal stuff. Absolutely, like, yeah. Like I said, we're not coming at this from like a complete skeptic's point of view. No, you know, it's. Just, I want to be on that investigation. So do I. <laughs> sure, you I love me? this stuff. I know, and I guess you know what? I would probably be all into it the same as them if I was there. Yeah, if because you, you're sucked into that moment. If you want three schmucks to walk into that tunnel. <laughs> You'll get two of them because I'm not going. <laughs> you're the one, two you're the of one us are those schmucks. You're the one packing the heat. You have to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, if you're if 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 you're listening to this, go and watch Hellier. We will uh, provide we'll, links. We'll, we'll provide, provide all the links. 
stuff. to go watch it. Um, I, I want to provide a link to the original article too because I actually found that article to be a r- absolutely riveting yeah, read. I really did. Definitely, definitely. And, um, sp- and if nothing else, it's a, it's spooky. It's it's it, it makes you think. It makes you yeah just feel a little licky. Yeah, too too <laughs> too much of this seems uh, too much of this seems crazy to be coincidences. I think that. Uh, I think that you know some of the synchronicities that they were bringing up sure, are sure. definitely definitely legitimate, yeah. and and it's not it's not we, all just coincidence. So we, I, we, I I think we, that uh, we poked a little fun at the fact that synchronicities is said about every third word and in the last like two episodes. <laughs> but that's, don't don't take that as an offensive. Like, that's we're, we're that's just kind of what we do on this it, show but, yeah. because we we like to poke fun at yeah. people. But uh, that's that's just how it goes. Yeah. So please go watch Hellier. Um, let us know what you think. Let them know what you think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure they appreciate any feedback they get. And, and uh, I, I pointed out too, though, uh, the YouTube comments. If you have questions and if you have those YouTube comments were shockingly informative. Mm-hmm. Like people would bring things up that you didn't think of. The discussions would start, and it was really cool. Like I said, the the the, the Planet Weird guys, either Greg or Dana or whoever, mm-hmm. uh, they're actually answering. Right to the people, which yeah. I, which was really yeah. really cool, and that's rare these days to get people that'll actually respond to everything that that they're being presented with. So yeah. I, I think it's really cool that they're doing that, and uh, yeah, just go into it with an open mind. We did. If you're skeptical about stuff, feel free to be skeptical, but at, you know, like at the same time, keep your mind open. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up, huh? That's it. All right. Well, uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzkill Podcast. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC, and on all of the streaming platforms that you can you normally find other people talking about weird shit. <laughs> we're there. Uh, swipe right on Tinder because we're there. <laughs> we are there. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find J Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio. Com for all your fantastic audio needs. Once again, check out Hellier. It's on YouTube, Vimeo, um, Hellier.tv, all, and then uh, check out WeekendWeird.com, which is their uh, their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it all out. There's a lot of really cool stuff in there. I was actually browsing through their website uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, some re- really awesome articles on that website. Yeah, it's just, it's just fun paranormal spooky shit. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right, right, guys. Well, that'll do it. Until next time. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Try to have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>